direct how are you doing today i'll just uh float it a little bit stretch just in case i'm good man I'm, I'm i'm as good as we can be during covid so that's a pretty solid answer so my name is holden stefan <laughs> yeah. roy um i'm joy uh, welcome to bridge the gap this is the show where fundamentally we take very smart and interesting folk like you mr direct who do who just live life and across their life they accomplish different things in your case they're pretty spectacular things don't get me wrong i'm not trying to downplay anything it's just how i do the intro and then we extract knowledge nuggets from your life and then share it with the world um joining with me as a co-host is mr flacco bayo mr liddy bro Fla liddy bro flacco that's how he asked to be branded L -l -l liddy bros who uh dropped a track yesterday and whatnot a remix so you can all check that out and uh basically it's an interesting dynamic because flacco is from new york and knows a lot of things has worked with you i actually you know came across this battle that was produced by him that has you battling in it so like there, there's connections in history with y'all so he knows the things and then you have me who's from montreal quebec canada and never been to new york city one time in my life only started watching rap battles about four months ago three months ago researching iron solomons and whatnot and then I'm basically like the freshest, newest battle rap fan you might talk to in a minute. So I don't know very much, except a lot of the things I could find on Google about you as I researched you a bit. So I'm a, I'm a little bit aware. But for the record, before we go anywhere else, RapGrid is the coolest fucking resource for somebody like me ever. And I highly appreciate that existing. So that's, that's so amazing, honestly. So I just in case nobody else says that ever, like I, I have been looking for a RapGrid. Nah, like, don't 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 feel don't feel like nobody says it to him like me and direct have a whole thing you know what i mean where i like act like oh he don't let me on his platform like why don't you give me a show on your platform <laughs> meanwhile direct has like given me like the green light he's like you could absolutely do a show on the platform just do the show and then we'll upload it and i just never followed up with that so he got. He constantly gets lots of compliments on it. I'm pretty sure because it's it's a very useful tool and so and cool. uh, promotionally, like he's still intersecting with all the leagues out here, and so it's it's very relevant. Yeah. So it's definitely like I'm looking forward to hearing about your journey because another thing is, if you are trying to discover the history of battle rap, coming into it through an internet landscape that starts in late 2020. It's mad hard to find any kind of clarity in terms of like what happened and when and all the things that went on and why decisions get made. And apparently you might be one of the magical people that is a Rosetta Stone of sorts to a lot of key moments in histories, given your involvement with grind time and everything else that you were around, just uh, based on where you're from and how much you've given to the culture and stuff. So it really is a pleasure to, to have you here. Mm -hmm. Like when I posted, we were interviewing you, people was like, oh, D-Rex, you know, they knew who you were. And I was like, oh, cool. This is going to be a good one. People have heard of D-Rex. That's bless. Um, so uh, <laughs> it really is just great to have you here. And I appreciate that a lot. So a good way to look at it is uh for those moments where you might hear people say shit like nah i mean or in canada we go a uh basically that's the good times where we go and dig a little deeper and explore the nuances of these moments and share it with uh, uh the world like one of the people on my, my chat is, is from norway so like for her it's like 
everything's novel information and we can just share it with anyone everywhere so it's my pleasure to have you here and i do have a bit of a, a token first question i ask everybody just because uh it's kind of a fun way to start things it's a bit of a story and then when it lands we'll like kind of get into the conversation i'll get all rolling and stuff and it it starts with my girlfriend washing the dishes one time and she's like got her phone playing that black eyed piece on that i got a feeling Ooh. she's like dancing around and she's vibing and she's doing the dishes and i was thinking like yo it's crazy how music has all these vibes and shit and she's just kind of doing this dishes thing this chores music now but like 10 years ago we were in the clubs drunk as fuck at two in the morning kind of dancing to that same very song uh bopping around and at one time that was club music and now it's like chores or exercise music this upbeat fun shit but then i thought about all the club music today and i'm like yo wait a second all that club music today is just gonna become the chores music or like 10 years from now which i was like that's kind of funny to me but it made me think about oh musics and energies and all these different things and it made me think about our own individual musical journeys in this game and so much of it for us when we think back it's like teenage years i like this i like that but to me it starts like a little bit earlier than all that it kind of goes all the way back to like when you're really really young like i can remember being like five and my dad has these tapes and he's playing led zeppelins and he's playing really bad technos and all kinds of stuff and my mom liked the bad discos and the, i say bad as in bootleg knockoff not like the quality of music like just yeah. bad disco <laughs> and like just different vibes were around but this kind of stuff added into building an influence and creating a journey just for my music so that when i get into it it already had this foundational landscape so well i guess my question is is what was it like when you were like super duper duper young and you had no control over the music in your life and uh what, was, what did it sound like what was the tech like what was the the ambiance of soundscapes that surrounded a young direct williams that's actually a, a ill question and i have a funny ass story about that um first i want to say I appreciate the intro. Um, I've never been called a Rosetta Stone, but that's kind of dope. I might run with that for a little while. You know what I mean? Because I definitely can answer a, a, a lot of questions that y'all may have. Um, real quick, is, my, is, is it kind of dark in here? Is my, it is. My I was about to try to give you like a, a heads up. <laughs> Throw up the bat signal? All right, give me one second. I'm gonna hit right no, now. no, no. Go ahead. Take man. your time. Take your time. That's a, that's a good one, though. Rosetta Stone of, of battle rap. Um, I'm calling him, I like when I just finished, you know, at the beginning of the show when you do the intro and whatnot, and I'm logging on to all the profiles, like on Facebook, I make sure to use my main profile that's logged into all these groups to share the the video there. And I was sharing it as like, we're interviewing direct, the godfather of modern mm -hmm. day battle rap. That's what I've been, you know what I mean? Which is how I look at it. Um, so yeah. yeah. Either or, Rosetta Stone, or or Godfather right. battle rap, buddy. You know what I mean? Take your pick. This, this is better, right? Yeah, it's, my, good? it's a lot much lighter. better. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. All right, cool. So, um, yeah, man. I guess I guess when I was a kid, like my my dad was super heavy on um old school, like 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 P funk, um, like George Clinton, the OJ's. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Any anything like 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 the super. It's like the, the things that the, that the real rappers back then look at as corny raps. He used to love. He used to eat that shit up. You know what I'm saying? I, I knew all the words to um, Flacco. You gonna know this? Um, Showdown. It was um, uh, between the Sugar Hill Gang and the Furious Five. Oh <laughs> yeah. shit! 
Jesus. I used, to, I used to know all the words to that type of shit. You know what I'm saying? And that's um, crazy. And and then you know you know what's funny is I was a suburb kid. You know what I'm saying? So even though I had a lot of family in the city that I would visit often, like my earliest memories of music was like watching TRL. You know what I'm saying? And uh, my, my brother, who was living in the city at that time and living in New York, he would strategically leave like Wu-Tang tapes and shit like that in the basement. So I'd, I'd discover them as I grew up. You know what I mean? So I went from watching um, the Spice Girls on TRL to uh, listen, listening to the greatest, uh, really discovering like the purple tape in my basement. Yo, you know that's I mean? actually like a, a lit, like th- that's a lit set. You had an older brother. I can mm-hmm. empathize and, and relate. My older brother, um, he put me on hip hop and, you know, just all the shit, you know, growing up in the Bronx, right? But like, it was even more of a gem when he was gone he joined the Navy, right, when I was, like, about eight. And so, like, by the time I'm hitting, like, 13, like, I'm getting to discover all his DC comic books that he left behind and right. all his old, like, t- like tapes that he would have given at school from a friend or just, like, a digital underground tape that he left. Their first one, I think it was, or it might have been Sex Packets, which was the popular shit with um, Humpty Dance. But either way, you know, mm-hmm. like, discovering shit like that when you don't when you have no idea right to go yeah. from like young kid you know to like starting to go through those phases and have those gems in your home that you can find thanks to your brother that's a blessing yo yeah that shit was a lifesaver yeah, because especially that particular one like, like that's cool like it could have been like lame stuff that was left for you but you got purple tape that's like a cool thing all things considered yeah hell yeah and, and, you know, the crazy thing about it is that, like, sometimes I think back on it, I'm like, well, okay, like, yo, Flacco, you remember how, like, um, BT wouldn't, wouldn't come up in certain areas? I lived in one of them areas where we was late to BT. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So if, if I didn't find it in the basement, I didn't know what it was. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or if I didn't, like, randomly, like, like you remember going to the, uh, to the record store and just, like, buying an album because the cover looked cool? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I if I didn't, if I if I didn't do that, it was over for me. You that know was how I ended up discovering Cool Keith. The covers oh, just looked cool to me. What, what, was it was it the joint with the with the the uh, what was it the the, uh, the the oncologist joint with the skeleton? Doctor Octagon, I think, or uh, yeah. Doctor yeah, Doctor Octagon with the, with the skeleton I, with the stethoscope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean? yeah. Nah, I love yeah. I love Cool Keith just because. Um, Right, like I discovered it like that, right? Just discovering it because your artwork looks cool, your album cover looks cool. But and then to like this like delve into Cool Keith and how he would do these like he's kinda like the godfather of Blueface, no? Like kind of the godfather oh, of yeah. off kilter, offbeat type of on beat rapping, right? And um and he's the godfather essentially of like the alias upon alias upon alias and not getting not allowing yourself to get strictly into one contract like he did a contract on the cool keith he'd do contract as dr octagon he'd do a contract as black elvis and it's just like he'd just be like yeah no that's this is my new name i'm black elvis it's just like you're just getting another check i'm not mad at you i'm just i'm just glad I, i didn't just 
if like I spent another extra two years watching NSYNC and Backstreet Boys on TRL, it would have been over for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I found a purple tape at the right time. I got to thank Raekwon one day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's cool, though. So basically, you had the TV going on, but what I didn't know before was that BET wasn't widespread. So I got another question that's related to the first question, and it's where are you from? Like born? Uh, I'm from, well, I, I say I say Boston, Massachusetts, but I'm actually born in Lowell, Massachusetts. Uh, okay. My grandfather and grandmother from the South, uh, Mississippi and Alabama. And, uh, you know, most of my family ended up in this place called Lowell, Massachusetts. They call it Mill City. You know what I mean? If, if, if you're familiar. And uh, at a young age, I moved to Plymouth, Massachusetts, where the Plymouth Rock was. And uh, I spent, like, middle school, elementary school, and, um, and high school out there. Then at a portion of my high school, I moved to Boston and was going all the way back to Plymouth. And okay. uh, this place called Carver for high school, and oh, then that's um, so that's yeah, as, as soon as I, let's go ahead. I was gonna say um, we we definitely uh, want to go back to being young though and ask a couple more questions just about that era of your life still, because uh, often uh, we find out some nifty stuff. Like, were you into dancing when you were like five, or were you guys into like show routines? Was there stuff going on like that when you were super super young? Uh, you know what's funny? I used to I used to play basketball. I did karate, nice. and I did um, for like 15 years. I had I had a black belt, probably as early as you can get it. I, I did something called Goju, and it, which is gonna bring us back to the homie Swave Sever. When I met him, his, his, him and his father practiced Goju, and that's something we connected on. Close hand, empty fist is what it means. And um, then I, I also played the piano, and then at some point, I just I started jumping around the house battle rap. So. so when did you start the piano? Maybe like twelve? No, yeah. maybe that was, that was a, that was a subtle stunt, that. by the way. That was a subtle stunt. I like that. I like that. Yeah. No, I think that's the shit. Piano might have been before that because I played the piano for like ten years before college. It was probably a couple years before that. But yeah, I used to do karate, play piano all day, yeah, and you know, fresh. play basketball. Uh, yeah, that's super cool though. And, wow. and where'd you where'd you grow up? Did you tell us Plymouth. where you were growing up? Was it Plymouth? Yeah, yeah. So I grew I grew up in Plymouth, Massachusetts, right. but <laughs> I was I was born in Lowell. Majority of my family is in Lowell, and um, my uh, I lived in Boston for a time during high school, and uh, I had I had a lot of family members spread out, and my brother would move a lot growing up, so. I, I would, I would be, you know, what I'm saying we. I used to be like, oh my god, I can't stand this place. Well, as soon as I hit college, I'm out. But like every summer, I'd be in Jersey, I'd be in Vegas, New York. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people, even like when they meet me, people can't guess where I'm from because you know I, I've, I've been worldly. Like a lot of people from New York think I'm from New York. Yeah, like, Dama's, you know I mean? Dama's here. She's in the audience, and she's like, I thought D was from Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I'm, uh, nah, but I, I claim Boston because you know hip hop Boston. We don't we, we don't have as many rappers as New York. You don't you know have nothing. Uh, one of my closest friends, right? His family, yeah. him and his whole family is deeply entrenched in Boston, deeply connected to the streets out there. Mm-hmm. And um, and also they were a part. They he he was a part of a lot of uh, protest stuff and all that in the '90s when it wasn't cool, right? When that wasn't the mm-hmm. way. Um, 
And like, I constantly poke fun at him about the fact that like, yeah, Boston, you guys don't have, uh, you guys don't have a major mainstream artist that's from Boston and claimed you guys the way, you know, like you guys had Marky Mark, um, Guru. And Wait for you to say it. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> and Benzino, the Hangman 3. <laughs> Almighty RSO, fam. Not me. Yeah. Listen, put some respect on Benzino's name. Years later, it turns out he was not that crazy and he was not that wrong about Eminem. Not me. Um, but Wow. <laughs> but um, I'm just saying, like, honestly, right? All those names, all those names, uh, much respect due to them, right? But I don't think that anybody in Boston is like looking, like dying to, like Guru's probably the only name that Boston would claim proudly, right? But it's also mm -hmm. one of those things where like it's not like Guru really did a lot of like shouting out to Boston, claiming Boston in his records, you know, just heavy entrenching Boston in his sound. So Boston definitely in Massachusetts as a whole, right? Like because of that, um, doesn't have that. Uh, right. It's, it's crazy because we have people, you know what I'm saying, we, we have the ST squad, you know, like terminology, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying, Big Shug, Ed OGs. Ed OG. We got Joyner Lucas, you know what I mean? So we we have people from Feel free to not claim Joyner. What'd you say? Feel free to not claim Joyner. <laughs> yo, yo, you know one of those crazy? I know a lot of people felt either way about Joyner, but like, yo, that, the Will Smith shit was ill. Nah, he, he every, everything that he's doing is ill. Like I gotta give him respect. Yeah. Like, uh, like for as much as I don't like taste wise musically, for as much as I'm not a fan of like Hobson, Joiner, Logic, guy, uh, Russ, guys in their mm -hmm. lane. Like I also wouldn't ever disrespect them. Like they're at the position that they're at because they earned it and they worked hard for it, and right. they're not trash. You know, if they were trash, they wouldn't be in the position that they're. <laughs> And you know, we from we we in a different era anyway. These rappers seem to be coming out of everywhere in the world. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Where's um your boy Jack Harlow? He's from like Kansas or some shit like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like now everybody's coming from everywhere. We got rappers from Australia and shit. So hopefully you know, it, it it is what it is. But you know, Boston got all these sports championships. So we're gonna wear it proud and we're gonna talk our shit. You know what I'm saying? Facts. Yeah, I already know. That's what's up though. So Lowell, wanna... Lowell is not far from Boston. Fair. I do want to bring it back though, because we gotta explore more of your your young days, because you know it's it's what builds the foundation right, right. for all the shit in your life. Were you reading a lot when you were young? Yeah, I used to read a lot. I had a family that would give me a dollar for reading a book. You know what oh. I mean? And then and then, it, yeah, I get a dollar for reading a book. And then when when the books got bigger, I get five. And then when I started reading too much, it was like, all right, chill. <laughs> that's hilarious but y'all encourage you know that saying? that's so a great I, idea I, I, I was always that kid i was always that kid that read books and then messed around and, and um read the instruction manual to every damn electronic and all that other shit oh, you know what i mean like so i'm definitely uh you know i like to read now i like to read more on the internet than i do open actual books mm -hmm. and listen to audio books but uh yeah i'm definitely a reader so were you a dryer back in the day Yeah, I actually was. I'm not. I'm not good at just like freehand and shit, like off the top. But like, I could look at almost anything. Like, I used to get. Remember them, uh, Game Pro, and Electronic Gaming Monthly magazines and Nintendo Power and all that. I used yeah. to just open up the pages and um 
and, and draw anything in there. You know what I mean? I could mimic any drawing I saw, so I couldn't make I up my own I used to do the characters. same thing. I yeah. used to draw the um, X-Men cards that you would collect, oh, <laughs> and I would just draw the, like, small-ass images, like, big. Yo, this is, this is ill. I never get any of these questions, but you're making me think about some shit that I haven't thought about in years. Mm, that's the goal. That's, that's why not for nothing um, to interrupt you, Holden, right? Sorry, Purposely to that. interrupt you. Um, <clears throat> that's where, like, this all kind of was born from, bro. Like, I did an inter- I did, I did an album, and um, the guy that mixed the album was from Montreal, Canada, right? Shout out, Merker. And um, shouts to Merker. Shouts to Merker Studios. Um and so Merker, uh, he's just the type of guy that doesn't usually share all the stuff that he works on. He rarely shares Big stuff that he works shares. on. But he shared uh, our project, the Liddy Bros thing. And when he shared our project, that made Holden take notice. And so Holden oh, okay. was doing album reviews heavy. Um, now he's doing multiple things at once and not focusing solely on the on the album. He's still doing them, but not focusing as yeah. heavily on them. But like he was doing um, album reviews, and so he wanted to do an album review. He did an album review when he did the album review. He did such a great job in noticing things that like nobody else that had given the album for review to. That I was just like, "Yo, it'd be great to do an interview." He said, "Yeah, it would be great to do an interview." We interviewed. When I was done with the four hour interview. I felt a real feeling of like, four hours and 20 minutes. I felt a real feeling of like, yo, this is incredible. Like, I've never gotten to talk about these things. In battle rap, all we kind of ever talk about is battle rap. You know what I mean? Like, Trust me, I know. So it's just like, it, it was very, and so me being who I am, I just immediately started thinking to myself like, uh, I want the homies to all feel like this. I want us to all, like, this information. If you think that I had information, wait until you meet my friends that got even more, you know what I mean, information, yeah. more depth they could bring to shit. And that's where it got cracking from because Holden's just a great interviewer. He's really good at what he does. So I was just like, yo, bro, like, let's link up. Let's do something yeah, together. Yeah. Plus, it's just super interesting. I mean, these things all tie into elements from how I perceive it. So the drawing ties into graffiti, the dancing ties into the break dancing, or, you know, so it's like, I mean, usually I've noticed that a lot of people when they're like five actually do a whole bunch of shit. <laughs> like it's, I, you'd be surprised the weird complex answers I get of how really young people have incorporated artistic elements and showmanship into their like pre 10 year old days that none of us ever think about and to me it's like yo i might have kids what should i be doing you know like it's it's like literally i'm doing some like research here to look yeah. into it but it's also part of your journey like then when we talk about high school and you're building on it it's always tied into what happened when you were five and when we talk about when you start your shit for reals it's always tied into that shit and like to me and I think a lot of people, because like I'm really not the like super battle rap guy. I've I had to understand battle rap interviews to get that they're kind of like half promo and a bunch of other shit, right? Like, I don't really. I'm like I don't know what these questions are. They don't make no sense to me. Why don't we do the version of it where like I get to talk to the guy who's a person and did a whole bunch of stuff in their life, which includes all these battle rap accomplishments and whatnot. And then rap grade is just so right. cool. That's just so cool to me. Like like how that can't like that's like like to me at least that's like the super like i mean not to say grind time's not like super impressive and cool but i mean all of it is it's just about like 
we all empathize with different things differently. I all mean, of it is. Yeah. So like, it's very just, impressive, very impressive career. Yeah. Like, so just to like also go back to that and okay, so you can drop like Marvel characters with like on top of it all. It's like, that's dope, man. That just makes you a bigger <laughs> on legend. Top of, on top of reading wild books because he was getting paid for it, which I'm not mad at. Literally, I nobody said that, that in my I, life. I told a story on here about being, I would have to read the Encyclopedia Britannica when I would get on punishment, which was my entire childhood. <laughs> so my, dad, my dad was like, you know, my dad was like, if you, if you want a Game Boy or a Nintendo 64, you're going to have to read your way to it one dollar at a time like oh yo. my god yo, but like if you think about it that's yo but you know what like, so smart as much as like back then we might have looked at it my fault no, as, 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 as much as we might have looked at it like fuck what is this like blessings to our parents for getting us to read you know what i mean like yeah. i'm pretty sure you you also went to school and weren't embarrassed to read in front of the class Thanks yeah, to yeah. shit like that, you know, mm, yeah. shit like that. But no, nah, I think it's it's dope just to go through it. So my next question, and because once we established the 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 basics of, oh, I never actually asked about like on a more musical front because I know you can spit some bars. I done seen this very impressive 2019 <laughs> cipher that literally, my guy, wow, that's all I can say about it. It's just phew, you were dropping knowledge. It was wavy. It was Appreciate all sorts you. of good which, shit. Which one? Which one like, was the it? one that's in your Instagram bio? that you conveniently link the 2019 radio thing where you have some other alias. It says uh, your name, AKA. Oh, Wavy Davey. That's the one. And then uh, I watched that yeah. and then we rolled it back a bit because your Baby Shark bar was so fucking big to me. I, I You got to understand, I fucking love Baby Shark. I don't have kids. To me, it's just a banger because it really is if you don't have kids. And then uh, you drop that in so flawlessly and I'm like, yo, that's like modern relevant and he's goofing on the shit like yo every parent in the room glared at you and i was loving it i don't know it was just a good moment i know that might not be the one you're expecting but honestly it was super impressive i got a little distracted with that but yeah did you were you interested in like singings and rappings when you were like five were you like one of those kids that was singing around the house or were you just like a consumer that had it going on around i was definitely singing around the house you know what I mean? And at some point, like, I was always just really good with words. You know what I'm saying? I was always really, like, like sometimes if you see my, like, I have a different demeanor when I'm in, like, battle rap, executive, business guy mode mm. than I do, like, personally. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Flacco knows being around me personally. It's not the same as watching an interview of mine. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I just, just growing up, like, I was the kid in class, like always talking and always doing whatever. And at some point, like, I don't know if I can really pinpoint. All right, take this out. So Slick Rig had the song Lottie Dottie, right? And um, they played it on like throwback day on the radio. And I must have been in like fourth grade or something like that. And um, remember we could we could record, we could, we could use the blank cassettes to record on our stereos yeah and i just recorded it like like something about it was so ill to me you know what i mean i recorded it i just i sat there and practiced it and i memorized it and i think from that like i just started rapping my own shit and trying to memorize it and like it wasn't like oh i want to be a rapper it was just something i did and it i don't know like i remember doing it in high school but i don't know where it materialized before that 
But like, at some point I just ended up like battling my friends in school or in the neighborhood or whatever. You know what I mean? And I and I remember um, uh, my, my boy Ryan, he, he wrote a book about battle rap, right? And I wrote the forward to it. And um, I oh, recall cool. this time in it where, yeah, that yeah, cool. yeah. So shout out to Ryan O'Leary. You know what I'm saying? That shit was dope. Did, did you read it, Flavio? No, nah, I didn't. I got a copy for you. So, um, yes. so you two holding. That's amazing. Um, so basically, I was in ninth grade, right? And I went to a school. This is like the big school where everyone I grew up with was there or whatever. And these two dudes, Mike and Larry, like Larry was real popular at the time. And they just started battling um, like outside the lunchroom. And I noticed that like the whole school stopped whatever they was doing and just formed a huge circle around the whole school. There was even teachers watching and they was battling or whatever. And they was not that good. You know what I mean? Like, like this shit was like... He said they were not that good. <laughs> nah, it was, man. You know what I'm saying? And like, and I remember my boy Evan was nudging me because we used to always battle in the house and all this shit. And he was like, yo, you can cook these dudes. Go, go. And I was scared of shit. You know what I'm saying? But I seen how like, you know, all the girls will run up and you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like they had that moment where everybody in the room was admiring them. Like you the athlete I mean? at school. Like the like the yeah. school athlete, yeah. Yeah, and then and like in my mind, I was like, "Yo, I want that." Like, I like I want that shit. And like, mm-hmm. I, I knew I, I knew I was nice, especially like for a kid back then. And like, he just kept nudging me, like battle, 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 and I just wouldn't do it. And I remember when it stopped, I was like, "Damn, I should have did it." And I remember like, because back then, even though I I was I wasn't scared to read in front of the class, I was more shy than I came to be. And like, I just remember that shit like bothered me. And I switched schools the next year. And the first thing I did was take on this whole fucking different persona. I was rapping. Yo, you remember the, um, like, like in school, how, how they like, sometimes they have like, school have its own little TV studio where they let kids like talk about what's going on in the week and shit. Mm-hmm. They had me come in there and like rap and they film like, like a music video type oh, thing. So, so like cool. a freestyle I had. And they fucking, that's played dope. Like, they played it in the morning. That's you know so dope. And and it's the so whole dope. school was like, yo, that was fire. Wait, what school is this? Yeah. Shout out the school. Shout out the this school. Is, this is this is when I when I my sophomore year I switched from Plymouth North to uh, Carver, you know, and I did I, I did that to Carver. play basketball. Yeah, that you know is actually and, like um, fucking hype. And more schools should implement shit like that on the real reels. Yeah. Facts. I don't. I you know it was this, it was a kid named Ben. Shout out Ben. I know he follows me on Twitter still. And, and Ben, like, he he's just this, like, goofy-ass kid that was, like, in charge of the programming. And he was like, bro, come in and rap, man. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. And he was like, no, for real. And I did it. And everyone in there was like, we got to edit it, but we love that shit. And I was like, I didn't think nothing of it. And then one day, like, a couple weeks later, they just played that shit. And I was like, I was addicted to that feeling. I was battling kids at school. Mm-hmm. I remember, even, um, I heard he passed away. So RIP to him, but this this kid at my school, Brian, he had a cousin named Mikey Bowen, and uh, me and, and uh, my my boys Mike and Kyle and them that I grew up with, Evan, like Brandon, we all went to Mikey Bowen's crib and they hyped up this big battle. Like, you the nicest dude in our school, but you can't beat Mikey Bowen. So, you know what I'm saying? It was like 50 people. Me and him battled for like two hours. You know what I'm saying? You remember back then they used to fucking change Little CD? Man, come on. You know I was. 
Cause you know now saying? we're not a rhymes, huh? You know what I mean? Nah, I, I was all freestyle back then. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I used to pride myself on being able to freestyle like everything. You know what I mean? There was a while where like, I, like I was, I used to practice, I used to do that shit for like three hours a day. So it was super, super, super sharp. You know what I mean? And like, at that point, like by the time I was like sophomore, junior, in high school, like it was crazy. There just wasn't a lot of like freestyle competitions and shit. So I used to just watch whatever online and wish I lived somewhere where yeah, I could easily travel. Let's talk a little bit about things. that. Yeah, what were you watching online yeah. back then? What was the online version of life when you say that? All right, so I think that it, like mcbattles.com, right? But but really before that, it's 106 in Park when I used to do Freestyle Friday. And um, we used to record all the gym battles and shit. So the Poster Boy, Jen, all, all them guys from the beginning. And then we moved to, um, I remember seeing some of the Blaze battles on TV, but the MTV battle was what pushed it over the top. Uh, MTV, they had a battle where like you would get signed to, to Rockefeller in the end. And I think the one was Def Jam and one was Rockefeller. And they had this dude named Rain Man on the first one. And like, I remember like, every... Everybody was talking about that. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody was talking about Rain Man and, and he cursed on TV and they kicked him out and shit. <laughs> then the Rockefeller one came and you had guys like Swan and Recognize on there. And um, and then MTV's Fight Club popped up, right? So they were having these battles at the uh, Mix Show Power Summit. If you remember what that is, that that's like a- um, I do not remember It's like a big gathering is. of all the DJs. Okay, it's like a con. Right, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's a con. It's like, it's, it's like, yeah, like hip-hop con. But, mm-hmm. you know, all, all the rappers will go to meet the DJs, and, and this is this is back when you needed a DJ to get your music spun or played or put out a mixtape. And um, Fight Club, every year, they do like the $50,000, $100,000 battle, you know? And a lot of them didn't come out, but, like, some of them leaked on the TV and, like, all that stuff. Like, when everybody else was, like, watching fucking whatever reality shows or starting the real world and shit like that like I, I literally was like battle rap battle rap battle rap and it was like that up until you know like recently you know what I mean like when everybody else was watching whatever battle rap was like my secret thing that like I love to death you know so like I, I saw every battle from like the like the first 20 years of battle rap like <laughs> saw all that shit you know what I'm saying? It's, it, unless it was something I couldn't be there for, like um, like Roxanne Shantae versus Busy B and shit like that. But, you know, I heard the audio a million times. That's crazy. That's crazy yeah. that you heard that audio. So, like, yeah, it's on YouTube. No, I know. I'm just saying, yeah. like, before, I'm figuring that you did it before there was a YouTube. Uh, nah, I, I knew of the battle, but I, heard, I, like, heard the audio once YouTube came out and downloaded okay. it. I just download everything and memorize it. That's a good question from Ill. How many of those battles did you see Poison Pen? Um, you you want to know what's funny? Um, Poison Pen. Um, like I saw him in all the battles, but like until he brought it up one day, I didn't start counting. But yeah, yo, he's he's in like almost anything you can imagine. You know what I mean? He especially those old Scribble Jam battles. He's like the main one throwing his towel in the end folding over laughing and shit like that and then of course 
you know, when we started, like, the new era of battle rap, he was front and center at every fucking battle. But um, I think that Poison Pen got to be in at least, like, 40% of battle footage that exists. That's crazy to think that's, about. Like, yeah, that's he, a he, lot of footage. He had to go to more... Ba- and then the other thing is, too, like, back when they had mcbattles.com and Poison Pen was doing the stuff for the hook.com, he, um, or for hook.com, he basically like um he uh he was hosting all of them you know what i mean so a lot of those first wave of battles that we first saw on the internet like poison pen was standing on stage for most of them so he's like super yo i don't care what anyone says pen is like the super duper og of battle rap he was setting shit up like he's the reason jen was on 106 and park like he's mm-hmm. he, the architect of a lot of shit Facts. you know what i'm saying so basically, this whole yeah, like, shouts to Poison Pen. Yo, shout us to Poison Pen. He he's a really super interesting dude. I had the pleasure of talking to him too, so it adds a little context to know what you're talking about there. I now actually look for Poison Pen when I watch yeah. battle rap footage, and he's just there with various haircuts and styles. You see him most of the time, right? Yeah, and it's cool to see how his style changes the, the depending on the year. <laughs> but yeah, I know he's he's got great. The rap. best one was he he ate it, he had an empanada. He had an empanada at a, at a rap battle, and they was rapping about his empanada for like two years, man. Yo, that was that was at um <laughs> that was at the inaugural uh, draft. March Madness. That was oh that yeah, was, yeah, it was draft league. yeah, hell yeah, yeah. It was the inaugural draft league event. We had an empanada. Like, we were in Brooklyn somewhere. We couldn't couldn't use the spot that we had gotten the okay from. And we just did the classic battle rap thing of like taking the whole crowd with us, walking a few blocks. We found a fucking park that was open and we just set up shop and started fucking battling the park. Like, right. And the empanada lady was on that block and the empanada lady was right there and bought empanadas and it was a rap from there. It became battle rap folklore history. <laughs> oh shit. Shout out to Pendo, man. He's the, he's the guy. That's, that's basically, if I understand correctly, you're like part of this wave of people who come into battle rap because of this wave of internet battle rap that's starting off at that time. Unless I'm misunderstanding. Um, okay, so what I'll say is it wasn't internet battle rap. What it was is there was these competitions and when YouTube started gaining traction as a platform, fans who had the DVDs or the VHSs, they were like uploading the footage to YouTube and I was really first one said well let me bring it back for a second so i was part of this competition called the wrc's right it was a two-on-two rap battle tournament and it was in eight cities across the world right and it was the second season the first season they just had some in new york they had some in london then they spread it out it was like i think melbourne australia uh london um houston uh, Atlanta, which I was in because I was going to school in Orlando at the time. We, me and my man Hemi drove up to Atlanta. It was New York, um, LA, and um, and Detroit, right? So this competition, you saw a lot of people who ended up becoming, you know, legends in battle rap later. But th- these were familiar faces from these little competitions and stuff that you would see in these little pieces of footage. Right. So a lot of these guys became legendary because people were uploading their footage online. Right. And so there was kind of an excitement as a fan, like, oh, I remember him. He's from that. Or like, I, w- I hope this dude is going to be in it. That was the first time 
that you saw a lot of people gathering on the internet and kind of like anticipating battles, right? So we did the WRC, we got second place in the Atlanta division. And um, so, well, can, like can you that just whole expand on what crazy. that is? Like the WRC, like how yeah, that so, worked out or what it is exactly? Yeah, WRC is, is the world is the world rap championships. It's a two on two. Um, so basically I would think it was like eight teams in each division of two people. You basically have to rap back and forth. You know what I mean? And and at that time shit wasn't really written. So you had to like find a partner you had chemistry with to freestyle back and forth. Right. And that kind of became like the coolest new thing in battle rap. That this this whole two on two battle format, right? So this tag team shit. So um the first year they had it was um the source and immaculate one right and they became like like source and immaculate were already doing local competitions that were getting uploaded online and we knew they were good from these competitions and they had a name for themselves and immaculate actually he won scribble jam one year you know what i mean like he no one really knew him like that on a national level he just fucking beat everybody that had a name and scribbled and he destroyed everybody won scribble jam so he had a name and people knew that the source was like this little underground battle champion in um, Cali. And it was unique back then because the source is like middle-aged white guy, you know what I'm saying? Who rhymes all his syllables together. And, and people are like, yo, how is this dude winning? How is he saying the shit that he's saying? And so they teamed up together and they just fucking destroyed everyone. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think that, moment when the source and immaculate won and they uploaded that footage to now mind you they didn't upload it to youtube they uploaded it to their website right so back then like people didn't really understand the value of youtube it was basically like you know they had to jump off tv they had this site where they used to do this night in london called the jump off like like i think it was like the last friday of every month and they gained their name by they would have this fucking night where they would have um like like comedians like booty shake battles eating contests rap battles um break dance battles like five on five basketball games it was like this variety night in london and it became one of the hottest things like in the early 2000s and then they kind of maneuvered from that into doing the world rap championships kind of tied in with their brand of doing this variety of hip-hop related and just urban related shit and um yeah the source and Mac won that and they had i think they won like ten thousand dollars and that was like the biggest prize in battle rap at the time everybody was like oh my god ten thousand dollars it was a big thing they gave these guys championship rings and shit like that so when they did the second season it's like everybody and their mama came out to battle and the prize was 50000 for the second one. So that's the one I entered. And that's when we started establishing a network. You know what I mean? That's when a lot of the people in the competition got to know each other. You know what I mean? And we all became friends through this battle rap thing. And that's when you realize, like, damn, I didn't know people were battling in this state. Damn, I didn't know this guy was still around. Kind of had that whole thing going. So competition happens. And then towards the end of the competition, uh, you got Marv One and Quest McCody versus Ilmac and Thesaurus, which is like the most anticipated battle. And um, the guy that owned Jump Off, he tried to cheat. And uh, so Marvin Quest stole the tapes out the camera. 
right? This is the famous stolen tapes that yeah, we talked like, about with Jay Smooth. Yeah, Jay Smooth the, came on the show and yeah. he gave us a because he was a judge, right? Yeah. So he gave us a little bit of a backstory from Yo, his that's perspective. That's a legendary judging panel. Like when you look back at it now, like oh my god, that was like the greatest yeah, it was. panel in battle rap history. And see, and that made it worse because. I guess the judges voted on Marvin Quest or, or however they reported it wasn't what everybody voted. And they were like, man, I didn't vote for them. I voted for them. And the dude was kind of just like, yeah, we ha I have the power to override it though. We just take your um, judgments into consideration. Mm. So while they were talking about this and everybody was arguing, like they just stole the tapes and was like, fuck that shit. It ain't coming out then. So that whole stolen tape situation basically led to like, I kind of like the downfall of, of the WRCs because I know they, they were like the first company to really have some big sponsors on the line. I don't know if they lost their sponsors or what happened, but like a lot of the battles couldn't come out because, you know, you don't have footage of certain angles, you know what I mean? And um, they patched it together. Eventually they patched it together, but like that kind of killed their momentum. So um, you had me, who was still in college at the time. And I just kind of hit everybody up, like, yo, like, if I, if I do my own battle league, will y'all battle? And nobody, and everyone had nowhere to battle. We didn't know what the hell we were going to do. You know what I mean? So everybody was like, yeah. So what I did was I started hitting up not only people that were in the WRC, I hit up people that I knew from 106 and Park, people from Smack DVD, people from Fight Club. And I had this vision of... um all right, how about we don't all rap with the scribble jam style? Like, what if we mix the scribble jam style with the street style? And then you'll get, like, all these new styles popping out. And that shit, it, man, the, the first video I uploaded, it got, like, 10,000 views. And at the time, I, oh, this is another thing I wanted to say, too, right? I kind of skipped out on something. Mm -hmm. So these, this footage was eventually making its way to YouTube, but nobody was premiering their footage on YouTube, right? And me just being a techie guy, like I I used to go on YouTube back then anyway and look at all this old battle footage, but also watch like other stuff. And um, I was like, YouTube seems like the place to put this out on. You know what I mean? Because it was gaining traction. And um, yeah, the first battle I did was at University of Central Florida, like in this little pavilion by a pond. There was like six people there. You know what I mean? And it was two people that I knew locally. And, um, you know, like I told everybody, hey, I want y'all to be a part of this battle league, but I was living in Florida. So I had to get local Florida people. And we had a little battle scene out there. So first battle we put up on YouTube had 10,000 views. And that's kind of what started the whole wave of uploading battles on YouTube. So even though I didn't start, I was the one that started putting battles on the internet. I felt like I was the one who took advantage of kind of like releasing battles via the internet because I realized that you could count and track all your views and comments and stuff that way, you know? So, yeah, it was, um, I mean, it, it, it definitely was different. No, but that's like really important. I don't think people understand how like hard it is to necessarily see that kind of a connection before other people like make it a normalized thing. Like, um, mm -hmm. Like, people, people tend to do things a certain way without, like, any kind of shade or anything. But we, we get kind of stuck in our ways. All of us have a lot of trouble adapting or 
embracing the changes and especially as we get older and ways get more established and everything so you know people see people popping up on their own websites they see a youtube coming in they don't understand what a youtube's gonna be they're like fuck that i'm gonna put it here but they don't realize everybody's on a youtube you see it a lot even today with like how people treat streaming services and things like that you have this conversation to this day and just manifest everywhere you see it with um artists you see it with everything as people want to kind of have control without realizing that unfortunately people go where they go so for you to be able to say it with conviction that um you started this wave of leveraging youtube he saw as, it. as your main place mm -hmm. like that is seminally a very powerful historical thing that needs to be like very highlighted a little bit because as a highlighted marketer, and I'm tripping a little bit going, that's some vision shit, man. Because, yo, it took me forever to think about yeah. YouTube the way I should have been thinking about YouTube. Like, we're talking, like, the second half of the 2010s, you know? Like, that's some serious shit. <clears throat> so, I'm, I'm just like, yo, yeah, yeah, man, you deserve all the flowers. Just for that, you're part of a wave of people that allows somebody like me to do what I'm doing today. And it ties that deeply into yes, my life. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. He was a core part of what he did essentially was a core part of what helped, what part of, right, what helped really launch YouTube at the time. The, the, real quick, Direct, can you give us an idea of essentially what was on YouTube at that beginning that you were looking for? Man. Okay, so so here's, so here's another thing, right? So like there's certain celebrities that I might be friends with or cool with. And people will be like, man, how do you know this dude? How do you, how do you, it's because you don't realize that we were all on YouTube at the beginning, like uploading shit. See you know what I'm saying? Hold, and hold like, that's I didn't even realize that at first. Yeah. Yeah, Yo. Nah, hold on. <laughs> Yo, that's like a big thing. I didn't even ever once think about that. Big. Right. Like, cause huge yo just yeah. by because the, the world manifests in ways where sometimes something like a youtube gets recreated in something like a virtual reality in the very near future just throwing it out there or a clubhouse would be mm -hmm. another recent manifestation mm -hmm. of something like this that just happened so the idea of being somewhere where it's new and it's fresh and it's exciting and being a viable pioneer because it's not just being there it's being there and doing something interesting and valuable that will make a celebrity take notice of you and want to like be homeboys and whatnot right like it's got to be a little bit more than just being present so to pull that off and the several parts of youtube man, i'm a youtube geek now i fucking study the history of it and everything that and you know what's crazy is that like wave you you helped pioneer back then hit my life right like up in montreal that's when a lot of people was talking and sharing it on facebook so like that's some far-reaching impact in my opinion and that's like you have yeah, a actually, direct I, I actually left out something really important. All right. So actually, I, I was wrong. I, I, meant, I missed out on something. So before I came up with Grind Time, we were talking about, damn, what are we going to do to replace the WRC? I went on YouTube and I saw these guys in Nova Scotia, Canada. They were called the Elements League. And it was like all these guys who went to the same high school. I about them. Yeah, yeah, and they um they were battling at like a, the local boxing ring, and so like the biggest guys that you might know today from the Elements League would be Pat Stay, right? So I, why, mind you, these battles didn't have a lot of views, but I would watch the Elements League like a TV show, and I was like, like finally this like consistent battle rap, and like I knew every single dude. I watched all their battles ten times. I mean, it was only like twenty of them, you know what I'm saying? And I would fucking sit there and wait months for the new event to happen 
And um, I got in contact with the owner and I like figured out the, cause they used to always rap about this forum online called Halley Famous cause Halifax is in Nova Scotia. Yeah. And I, they, I guess that rap local rap site is, is Halley Famous. So I fucking looked up Halley Famous and I saw that like they would all talk about the battles in there. And I fucking, I made this big list. that was like a ranking system. Right. And I like wrote like a little blog about everybody and like ranked all the rappers and I sent it to them and they were like, oh, shit, like this is direct from the WRCs. You know what I mean? And they kind of was like, I started having a relationship with those guys back then. Right. But then, Yo, stats I, yeah. real quick, real quick, like stats, you're so like important. what I'm hearing right in all this is that out of everybody right so you said that that second season of the wrc where you guys all kind of got to know each other and right. met all these battle rappers from different cities there was how many cities uh eight i think you said eight yeah eight, eight. cities eight cities and so every city at the very least had um four battle rappers right because you're gonna yeah. you're gonna you're gonna have to have a competition in that city so, so 16, ascend- 16, because two teams, eight teams of two. Yeah. Eight teams of two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Of Copy. Yeah. So this but, was like a, a, like 16 per city. So that's like. Plus you got the guys that tried out because there was guys that tried out and didn't make it. it and but, then the guys, yeah. So. So, but the point that I'm trying to get to, right, is like out of all those guys that were there, right, you were the mm-hmm. one in particular that not only did you early on care so much that you paid attention and were searching the internet for battle rap that you come across battle rap and fucking which like is is mind-blowing to me right because when i got to grind time i was a little bit late right you guys Mm -hmm. were already in full effect for a minute now and i looked at you guys at that time like wait there's battle rap in idaho there's ba- there's battle rap and there's battle. Right. Rap. I was like the fuck. I was like I'm a New Yorker, right? So I'm like the fuck. We've been doing this. Sh- I've been doing this shit. What? What? Who? Where? What? What's happening? I'm not even aware, right? I'm right. only I'm still surface level aware, right? Like most New Yorkers, I cared about hip hop deeply, but there still was like these barriers maybe in place that you don't realize are not there. You're putting a barrier there by not caring enough to delve into Yo, deeply big, to the information the way you did, you know? So check, so like so check this out. There. I actually have a – Holden will like this, right? So I actually have a story, and, like, I just thought of this now. This is the first time I ever, like, spoke this out loud, but it's making sense with this interview, right? So my pops is a computer programmer, right? So we had fucking computers in the crib before people used the Internet every day. Right. So I would go on his computer and um, just like click shit and look at shit and like figure out Like I knew a Microsoft fucking Windows 95 computer like the back of my hand with no Internet. So by the time the Internet came out, like I was already Windows 95, fam. Yeah. So <laughs> I remember Windows 98 was like the illest shit to me. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, so I would I would just click on his fucking computer and he had all these fucking javascript c++ books before that shit was like applicable to the internet you know what i'm saying for at least for like the average person and i used to just fucking read the shit and fucking click on shit so i think like i was just like 
like computer wise, I was so used to just clicking on shit and looking for stuff like that, that, that carried with me when I, when we went into this new age of, you know what I'm saying? Technology. So when it came to yeah. YouTube, I was just click, 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 click. You know, the hack you, know you, you already, you stuff. already, you had a leg up on everybody else that is getting to things late, right? Again, these right. are barriers that you don't realize that I didn't have no barriers to what you were doing, right? Essentially. But because I'm not even, I don't have necessarily, let's say, a computer at my, at my home. I had a computer, but all I did with it was make banners with, like, Lost Boy's name on it and, like, Mob right. Peep's name, like, rap group names <laughs> and shit, right? Like, I did banners. Like, I used, I did not use it in, in, in that way. I mean, I also didn't have C++ books. I, I didn't have somebody in my yeah. family necessarily who were educated on it and maybe could, you know, have literature around the house that maybe explains it a little bit more. But the fact that you had that made it that you were more adept at, like, taking the internet in ways that maybe other people weren't thinking about them yet because they were still brand new to computers, brand new to the internet, brand new to all of it, and you had a little bit of a leg up on the competition. But it's it's super interesting to yeah. me because you end up becoming this media amalgamator that effectively organizes information online and helps so many people because yeah. of that. And it makes me wonder if all the people who get to play with technology as kids today aren't just given this asset that allows them to be able to play in the di digital sphere a lot more facilitated than people who are maybe held off from that to later points in life. Because, man, that is, that is it's super different. It's different now because there's like the mass consumption of iPhones and Galaxy phones and shit. Like, yo, fam, if I had that shit when I was a kid, I would have been a fucking rocket scientist. You know what I'm saying? I'd have been taking this shit apart. Fucking, I used to do all that type of shit, but with like Mac 1 computers and shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's only so many components inside that shit. But like now, like, that's why you see a lot of kids now like making money and teaching people how to do taxes on YouTube and shit. That's where it comes from. Like, they just have access to way more technology than we did. Wait, you know I mean? all right, hold on. So one more time, what was on YouTube at that time? Yeah, it's a good all right, yeah. answer that. So, <laughs> all right, so I think at the time, Andy Milanakis was on okay. YouTube. Uh, I think he had started on some other websites, but Andy Milanakis was there. Um, I think Timothy DeLaghetto was there. Um, you know Tim, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was mad conspiracy videos, right? So, like, I remember the fucking first time I heard about Anunnaki. I didn't sleep for, like, three days. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was, it, was, it, was, it was Anunnaki videos, William Cooper videos. You know what I'm saying? Um, there was, it wasn't, like, there weren't too many people that had like that would film TV shows and then like release them in seasons, kind of like what, what was the shit with Issa Rae that she when she had on YouTube, the shit that like spawned her whole career. You remember what that shit was called? Some black girl something. Oh, oh, you, oh, you talking about um, awkward black girl? My boy awkward Hot black girl. used to watch that shit. My yeah, boy Hot used girl. to watch her show Facts yeah. on YouTube. So, so that came a little later, and then there was like other people that got super famous that came a little bit later. But really, like, they just just had started putting music on there. You know what I mean? Like, Vivo wasn't even out then. Remember how Vivo used to put up everybody's music video? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like it, it wasn't it wasn't really like that then. It was people just uploading videos talking about shit or conspiracy videos and then a little bit of music started to to pop off on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? But it was still in the very, very beginning, people were still fucking watching music videos on TV. Awkward black girl. Yeah. That's the name of Issa Rae's show on YouTube yeah. when before she came some years in, you know what I mean? But yeah. like but yeah, this was this was like I probably was on YouTube like year two or three that it started getting popular. Mm, that's crazy because I was like I started watching YouTube in my like two thousand seven or so, eight. Mm-hmm. So it was all the early viral hits that would be like they're like the shoes video. So for me, like early YouTube music is the goofiest shit ever. It's all those parodies and all those really Oh weird. bangs, remember bangs that take you to the movies, girl? Uh, the dude from Africa? Yes. Yeah, like, cause it was, cause like basically everybody saw everything back then because there wasn't like as much volume. So if you were there, it's like, yo, anything that kind of went viral, like dude, that shit was. Like, and then that E3 guy came and just put it in the videos and made sure everybody saw everything. What was it? What year was did YouTube actually come out? Like two thousand four or something? I think it's like oh five in its preliminary phase, and then oh six. Oh six, Vanguard is saying. Okay. So, like, so yeah, so the first grind time video got uploaded in February of '08, but before that, I was uploading videos from like local competitions and shit for like a year. And before that, I was just making dumb. Like, if you go to the grind time YouTube channel and fucking, um, hey, oldest, uh, so sort yeah, sorted by oldest, you'll see videos of me fucking like sitting out by like the pool in my apartment complex talking about Lord knows what the fuck. You know what I'm saying? That's dope, though. Those are, believe it or That's not. Super dope. So, like, if I'm going back now to look for it, I'm looking for those videos more than the other things, believe it or not. I watched every video I could find of you talking about stuff. <laughs> Wait, because those were the really interesting. Like, yo, because if you're researching a person, I could watch you do like four battles, right? That's cool. That right, shows me mm-hmm. that you can do battles. I could listen to your cipher that you did from like 10 years ago or whatever. That was dope. Or you could find these little gems, but. Watching you talk about things for 18 minutes and break down your thoughts, man. I learned some seriously interesting shit in the interview footage that exists of you that I could yeah, find shit. any little bit of it. I was like, yo, this guy, like, if you went on Twitch and just, like, talked for two hours, three times a week, yeah. I'd I'd be, well, as much as I could, I'd be there. I don't want to overcommit, but, like, that's the shit, shit well, that I'm, I'm I'm into. Really, I've been thinking about launching the Twitch channel and, 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 and really doing that and just talking about a bunch of shit. So I probably should. Yo, you really my, should. Yo, I, yo I, you know what else? You know who was like the king of YouTube back then? Holden probably knows this dude. It's Chris Perillo. I'm not sure that one. You know who that is? Uh, He's this fucking nerd, this really nerdy dude with glasses and all he does is fucking talk about Star Wars and Legos. Yes, and okay, like, I do know who that is. is. So I don't know him by yeah. name, but like there's a lot of people I know by face from back then because you didn't care who the name was. You'd just be like, oh, it's that person. And then you would make up names for them. And then like that's because yeah. you didn't really give a shit about subscribing. Yo, I didn't even create a YouTube account for myself for like to actually let myself subscribe to people until like 2011 or some shit like that. Like that's the earliest of it. Like the first like five years I was on YouTube, I refused to hit an account and never liked a video. Like I just refused to do it for, I don't remember why, <laughs> but I watched a lot of shit. Yeah, but he, oh. he, he definitely like anybody, 
Yo, Flacco, you know this dude. You've seen him before. Hold on. I'm about to pull it. He looks the same as he did 20 years ago. You seen this dude before? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 Yo, yeah. He was, nah, he, he, he's, the, he's the original, like, I'm going to talk about software and Star Wars and then, like, review products, dude. He was, like, the first dude ever. Yeah, that's amazing, though. <laughs> you know because that shit's, like, such a huge thing yeah. now. Anyway. Like it, it, yeah. No, man, this is so cool. Like, believe it or not, this is the show. I don't know how much of the actual show show you've seen of us, but this is the show. We just talk about stuff like this, and it's like, you might not think it's like super interesting, but people really like want to hear about the YouTube videos you watched eleven years ago. I I can't. I know. Explain, I care. I can't I explain why for... it's interesting, but it really is interesting. I'm like, like nah, fascinating. It yeah. Yeah, it's, cool. it's cool to just talk because you learn shit about people you didn't know. Yeah, like. Exactly. Honestly. You learn you learn you learn people's journeys and their journeys can inform your journey in ways, you know? And it's like your yeah. priorities, right? The things that are most significant to you. Like we don't really script this. These are the highlights you bring to light. So that's what you feel is the most important parts of your journey, you know? And I mean, I'm happy with sitting here talking about early YouTube, but like just the diff but like your perspective is gonna be completely different because you were uploading. And my mm -hmm. perspective was just so like casual with it. So it's interesting to hear from a creator from that era, yeah. you know. And no, so you said you mentioned that you were that you were meeting people on YouTube early. Who who yeah. who are you? Like so, I'm guessing because Andy Melanakis <laughs> was on Grind Time that you might have made friends with him. No, nah, I wasn't one. I, I met him after he was on Grind Time. I think Lush said that up on the Nasty. Um, but I think like that, like back then, like people who made videos, like we would we would message each other. It would be nothing to just be like, I saw your video. That shit was crazy, and then like form a relationship or get someone's number and talk to them. You know what I'm saying? But um, hmm. man, I had it was it was crazy because back then, like. All right, so the, his was something crazy first. You remember, obviously, y'all know Ron Artest, a.k.a. Metal World Peace, a.k.a. the panda and China's friend and all this shit. We, in the, like, in, like, the first year of grind time, he uploaded a video after a game in his hotel room. Like, yo, I thought this dude, they said this dude won the battle, but I thought this dude won the battle. It's like a 20-minute blog about, you know, battles. That's the first battle rap blog I ever saw. Ron you know Artest was the first athlete there then. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yo, like, NBA players watch this shit? What the fuck? You know what I mean? But it became, it, it, it just, you know, now they come to the battles and shit like that. But, like, it's crazy. Like, this, this random shit. Like, Vanilla Ice wanted to come to a battle in the beginning. Like, just fucking random shit. It, like, blew my mind. You know what I mean? That is that's that when is, I started realizing that YouTube blew up. You know what? What really got things popping was um, I'm in class at college, and um, my my boy uh, Mike P, 1080P. He's he's a director and shit. He's really dope. Uh, I was sitting next to him in school, and he's like, "Yo, um, you ever heard of World Star?" And I was like, "Nah, what's that?" And he's like, "Yo, because he's from Jersey. He's like, Yo, everybody in New York, Jersey is watching World Star." What is that? He's just like, yo, it's just a site where they like upload videos. This is like at the beginning, of, like the first year of World Star. You know what I'm saying? It's probably a couple months in. And he's like, yo, you should have them put up some grind time videos. And I'm like, all right. So I reached out. I sent World Star email and Q, the RIP to him, the founder of World Star. He hit me back with his number. And this is how early it was. 
you could just get somebody's number, you know what I'm saying? And and I've got on the phone and I'm like, listen, I heard World Star is blowing up. I see the, the views you're getting. If you put every grind time battle on World Star, we'll put the World Star logo on all of our videos. Right? So it's like as World Star blew up, fucking yeah. grind time blew up at the same time. And that that helped a lot too. You know what I mean? Because then what would happen was like, you know, like these aggregators to show you like how much views you get on different sites and stuff like that. People were taking content off Worldstar and posting it to a bunch of different sites. So then our viewership was like multiplied by 10. We were already doing our thing on YouTube, but then every single hip hop site and blog was taking our battles. Like battles that like people don't even remember now that have no historical relevance were on every fucking I'm sure fucking Flago yeah, yeah. had a couple of battles on Worldstar. Yeah, 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 you know yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. The wave was definitely there. And that was definitely, um, <clears throat> as someone who was like at that time, right? Like looking at everything, I felt like a little late, but mm -hmm. still earlier than most of my friends, right? Because like I see my friends and how they operate with the internet. And they're still that way. Where like, it's kind of like, with hip hop, where it's just like, yeah, we're fans, super fans. Like we listen to Hot 97 all day. And it's just like, no, 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 no. You don't get it. That's that's different. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, yeah. it's, it's like we're we're even more like harder, you know. And so World Star was definitely like a super plus because New York, that was how I got known in New York, like super way more than anything that I was doing in the streets and battling at fight club all these things that they were accolade it was all cool but it didn't get me stopped in the streets of new york city cool you know and grind time because of being on world star at that time was like that level of cool where it was like yo i'd get stopped places and people would be like yo dutch vega and i'd be like oh, shit about fucking time recognize yeah. the name <laughs> So the, the funny the funny thing is that when Grind Time started, it was like, all right, when you do five battles, when you reach the fifth battle, you get to battle for five hundred dollars. Like that was the whole thing we made up. Hold on, can we can beginning. we like yeah, can we go into like the very beginning of Grind Time with more detail at this part? Because I feel like we're all jumping right, around right. a bit and we kind of skipped over the real inception of Grind Time. We just all right, all right. So I, 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 I could tell you like this. So um, I was watching the Elements League, right? And um, it just stopped one day and they took down like 90% of the battles. So I found, you know, in Canada, like holding those, they weren't using AIM like us, they were using MSN. Mm, that and, is um, MSN Messenger yeah. was it, yo. Yeah, so I was like, so I'm like asking Pat Stay and them on the chat, like, yo, what's your AIM? He's like, what the fuck is AIM? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like he's like he's like you mean MSN? I'm like the fuck is MSN? Like MSNBC? He's like no man, like the chat. So I like I looked it up and I was like yo this shit is bootleg. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yo Canada always being a little being a little little bootleg with the with the it's all good though you know like you gotta give them love because they're so like passionate about this shit. Yo, yo, hold on, I have like, a question for like, you. Man. MSN. <laughs> Hold on, you remember the the sidekick phone? Mm, I have to Google it. I know the name. Let me check that right quick. I think I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I need to wait. I need to wait for him because I want to know if y'all have yes. MSN on it in Canada um, instead of AIM. 
so I never had that phone because back in the day I was uh, like kind of young. But I do know that phone. Um, I will look into that for you one day because I know people in tech, and I might be able to get you that answer very quick. So if you were, if somebody reminds me, because this was a might forget, I could probably actually find that out for you. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, um, I was talking to Pat Stay and and, and a fucking this guy named Casper, this guy named Quake, who's more big for music out there because they were all in the Elements League, and I was like, man, I want to start a league bam bam but they they obviously they couldn't get here because back then we were all younger we didn't have as much money and like it was like damn i didn't come all the way to the united states to battle in florida <laughs> for no money you know what i'm saying so it was like the beginning of all of us keeping in contact and reaching back out to some of my friends and um they were in the wrc everybody was interested but we think the smartest thing to do because we all lived in orlando and the thing that people don't didn't understand about Orlando is that like the scene was popping. Like I know Vanguard's in the chat and like, I remember Vanguard and Iron Solomon came out, Matt Hills threw this battle. He used to throw this battle called lounge battles and he did a two on two battle on the heels of like, um, WRC. And it was just like, mad people came out the woodwork, but Orlando was one of them places that like, you didn't realize it was a melting pot till you went to an event and like saw all type of shit. But I, I saw like some of the greatest rappers I've ever seen in my life in Orlando. You know what I mean? And I knew that that was a place that I could start a battle league that people wouldn't expect because there was mad fucking talent. You know what I mean? And like we had um, Johnny Storm, you know what I'm saying? Mad Ills, um, Parable, like Miami had its own scene too. You know what I mean? So I knew it'd be easy to get people from all over Florida to battle plus there was like all these people that were interested in battling that were just a new wave of people with with no real stripes under their belt mm. so i used to because mind you i didn't say this earlier holden but the college i went to is called full sail right and full sail is a school in florida it's in winter park florida basically orlando where basically people go for video game design oh, shit. Uh, film uh audio recording yeah. but this was like the engineers. one school the, yeah I, I wanted to become an audio engineer but this is the one school that they were pushing super hard and like every fucking rap magazine you know what i'm saying you yeah. see like this with a headband on with his hand on the fader and it was like yeah yeah come here. so a lot of people knew about the school just because like a magazine or a commercial or whatever so i ended up going there and um yeah so while i'm there like I actually, all right, this is crazy. So, Flacco, I met Zim there. Work. You know what I'm saying? He's like, yo, I battled Iron Solomon. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then I met this dude, Jay Young, there to battle Cassidy on the radio. And if y'all have fucking knowledge from way back then, like y'all remember the Cassidy and Jay Young battle, right? Yeah. I'm like, yo, there's people going to the school that fucking battled or like know people in the industry. Right? And then celebrities would come to our school and give conferences and shit. So I was like, yo, I'm going to do this battle and I'm going to put up like flyers in the school to get people to come. People that I know will talk about this shit or could give it exposure. Then I was like, yo, I need a cameraman, right? So I'm like, all right, I go to Full sale. I need to find a cameraman. Go back to high school, right? So I'm going to high school in Carver, Massachusetts at the time. You know what I'm saying? Fucking, I'm like one of the only black kids there. Like, the shit is 
I'm, it's, it's like hell for me. You know what I'm saying? So I went to school with this kid named Matt, just Kruski, right? And we thought this fool was going to be a professional skateboarder. There was like a couple kids at my school that were crazy at skateboarding. But Matt, like, he was like that dude. But I think he like fucked up his leg and had a couple of surgeries, right? So Matt hit me up one day while I'm trying to get all this fucking battle rap shit together. And he's like, man, my boy Corey goes to Full Sail and he's in the video program. And he's like, Corey's the one who used to film all our skate videos in high school. And I'm like, oh, shit. So, like, I immediately get Corey's number. I hit up Corey. He lives walking distance from the school. I walked to his crib, and he showed me how to use a camera and how to fucking edit the footage. And for, like, the first, like, 12 grind time battles, Corey filmed all them shit. It was either Corey or me. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Shouts to Corey. Yeah. So, Corey... um, yeah, you know Corey, he's a dude. He used to go all the way to New York to film shit. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, so Corey he 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 taught me that shit and then we just started filming battles. The first battle was on like I said, was on the UCF campus. That was the one that got ten thousand views. We fucking thought YouTube was broken. We were like refreshing the screen, like, nah, that can't be ten thousand. You know what I mean? But um yeah, so I put that up and another thing that made it blow up besides the world star thing is there was a site called rapmusic.com, right? And rapmusic.com, it had a bunch of forums in it. And this is my first experience in a forum. So even though I was like on, um, on the internet early and like messing with computers early, I wasn't really into the whole, like, let me go on this, a sub forum type shit. You know what I'm saying? I forget who it was, but somebody was like, yo, on rapmusic.com, there's a sub forum called MCD Battles, and like all the fucking rap battlers on there. I'm like, it wasn't what? Called, so I, it wasn't called Battle Video Archives yet. Damn, man, I think it was Battle Video Archives. Yeah, yeah I think that because if if it's if it's like because that I remember I remember me being mind blown by like the forums right. on rap music and being like. There's people all over the world that are into battle rap. Like, then they just talk online all day long about battle rap. This is amazing. So I got, I got in there and I realized every fucking battle rapper that I ever wanted to know that had footage online was in there talking. And I was like, yo, what? This shit is crazy. So I started posting the grind time videos in the forum, and they started being like. Yeah, these Florida dudes are all right, but we'll whoop their ass. But it started becoming like a competition because people would see um, that they were getting views and they were getting posted on World Store. So it was like, nah, fuck that. Like, when y'all come to my city or like, we even had offers of people that wanted to fucking come out to Florida and like do a league versus league thing when like other people had their little footage popping. But um, ultimately what happened was Myself and Matt Hills started talking to Lush One on the West Coast, and he came out and he battled one of our guys named Unorthodox Phrases. And when he did that battle at the end, he announced like, yo, I'm officially the president of Grind Time West, and we're going to have an event. And it's like everybody went fucking crazy because Lush, you know, you know, from being a battler, you know, he knew Ilmac and Thesaurus and... You know what I mean? And me and Lush got on super like detective mode and was finding like anyone that was dope with footage in the state of California, we found their ass. You know what I mean? Like I saw a disaster. Disaster was on the WRCs, but disaster, 
he didn't he was actually in the LA division and he didn't make it. And I went in the forum and I was like, yo, y'all fucking bugging. Like this dude was nice. And I posted like 20 of his battles and they made a push to get him in a different division that needed somebody. So that's how he got his name out there on this level. So like when you see like disaster coming into grind time West and shit, all that shit was like me and Lush. Right. So the way we set it up was we started grind time Midwest, grind time west coast and grind time new york all had their first battle on the same day right that's so we had crazy wait what AG. yeah yeah so <laughs> if you if you can see it so i'll, I'll find the i'll find the um, flyer and send it to you so it was like a flyer it was like a triple flyer it was like three stacked in a row oh i think i remember yeah. that flyer yeah remember it was hollow and j focus yes <laughs> on the uh, hollow yeah. and j focus yes yeah so um all three of these events no no it was a my bad it was new york had an event midwest didn't didn't have one then it was new york florida and west coast all had an event on the same day and it was kind of like a secret competition to see like who would have um the uh the, the like best event you know what i mean and the crazy thing was that back then and this this is gonna fuck y'all up right so back then um before uh we had like pe- before people really engaged in youtube comments the way they did like there was still comments on youtube and world star but not as many as now it wasn't like bloop bloop every second people weren't fucking fighting to be like first under the video mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so that wasn't we, first wasn't a thing yet exactly we used to get all our comments from the rapbattles.com form or we used to post MySpace bulletins. Oh shit! And people would comment like on the MySpace bulletin. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of battle rap history that got erased because MySpace got fucked up. You know what I mean? That's crazy. I had no idea, honestly. The MySpace bulletins yeah. thing. You're the first person to bring it up in my life, and I, <laughs> I, uh, I don't even know what it is really. I can. Imagine. I remember. I remember. But please, yes, elaborate. Yeah. It's yeah. History, so MySpace. Man. So when Grind Time started. The way people are like, yo, when you start a company, you need to get the Twitter, you need to get the Instagram, mm. you know what I'm saying? You need to get a Facebook page. It was like, yo, you have to get the MySpace page. Right. So we had like the MySpace grind time now, and we would just we would post all the battles on MySpace. And a lot of people in the very beginning were messaging, messaging us on MySpace. They would find, see us in the video, find our MySpace. Believe it. It makes sense. MySpace was the right. most. It was. It was the Facebook of the time. Everybody was right. on there. Like, it. Like right. it, you talking about meeting people on YouTube. Like I said, it reminds me of hearing about. Think about all the rappers that ended up popping and coming out. That they all met through MySpace. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know. You know what? It was another thing too. I saw the way Soldier Boy was manipulating MySpace. Oh, can we talk about that a little bit more? Anytime we can talk about yeah. that, it's a good time. So, so Soldier Boy, he was um. So I don't know. I think Soldier Boy is from Alabama. No, he's from. Is he from Mississippi or Alabama? Um, we can check that. I'll check that. You can keep going. Yeah. So what he was doing is he he was one of these kids that became like the most popular Mississippi rapper. Guys are saying. Yeah. He became the like, most popular rapper at his school and then would like put all the shit on MySpace. Then he became the most popular rapper in his district with all the schools. This is the first time I noticed that like high school kids had 
power to get behind somebody and push them, right? So he had all these hit songs in his state, and then it started going nationwide because he started learning how to manipulate MySpace. You know what I mean? And then he's another person that was on YouTube in the beginning Mm -hmm. that I forgot to say. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was doing blogs and shit like that early, making fun of people. You know what I mean? Like, some of the most popular YouTube videos back then was him making fun of people and shit. You know what I'm saying? And, um... And yeah, he just, I just saw the way he went from MySpace to YouTube and and what he was able to do with connecting with so many people with his brand. And um, I was like, yo, when we drop these videos on YouTube, and before it was Worldstar, we should be like, yo, we're going to put like MySpace.com slash rap grid text over the video, over every single one, and we get people to come back to the MySpace and like, that's the first time, like we really thought about developing this chain of of communication where people could reach us on different platforms, right? Mm-hmm. We weren't thinking of it like that. We were just like, yo, we need more hits on MySpace. You know what I'm saying? We didn't realize what we were actually doing and, and provide and using the YouTube as a vehicle to push everybody to our other sites. You know what I mean? And um, you know what else is big? There's this dude named God Pang. If, if he ever sees this, shout out God Pang. Pang. Shouts to yeah. God Pang in Toronto. Yeah. So he, he 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 just knew how to make websites back in the day. And he just hit us up. And I was like, yo, we need a website. He just became our webmaster and designed this website just because he loved grind time. You know That's what dope. I mean? And uh, we used to have a chat box at the top. And like, yo, this was before. Like, you know, on Twitch now, how you can't say certain things. And you can't do certain things because you can get banned. Back then, it was so hard to police a chat. and People would just be doing all type of fucking shit. So we eventually, we took it down because people would just put, like, porn in there. And, like, people would, um, people would, like, spam the shit. And, like, there would just be, like, pictures of dicks. And, like, you, you couldn't click off of it and shit like that. So we had to, like, disable it. But that, that was another thing before the YouTube comments started going crazy where we realized what like a live conversation could look like, you know what I mean? And all the battlers were in there. And it was like, man, there were so many times during grind time where we were like discovering new technology that was coming out. Like, what was that first site? It was like the first site that you could live stream on from your phone. What was the name of that shit? Shit, I don't I don't remember it. Uh, I forget, but I know I can testify to the fact that you're right 100%. Like, Everything, I mean, think about it. It might have been Tiny no, Chat, Vanguard. I think it, it came out before Tiny Chat. It's like an actual site like Twitch where people could, it was like the first site where people who did like professional streams. Hold on. Now you guys got me wanting to look this up. But anyway, they came out with an app that lets you stream from your phone. And we used to stream like half of the grind time events from this shit. And there would be tens of thousands of people in there. You know what I mean? So I was doing all these little experiments at the time, or we were doing all these little experiments, like kind of gauging the interest. We saw that there were so many fans. So it's like funny to see the way technology is now, to kind of see all that stuff realized. But like we knew it back then. You know what I mean? It was just a matter of um, getting access to all these platforms and apps. You know what I mean? Like if it didn't have a mobile version, we couldn't fuck with it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's that's the way the world was going towards apps. You know what I mean? And it's so, just crazy. Like even when even when you say this, I think about like I had like an iPhone three G that I was streaming this shit off of. You know what I'm saying? This shit was crazy. 
camera 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 was wild trinage but we didn't know back then it was like yo there's amazing <clears throat> this is incredible technology this is all i mean i definitely when it comes to battle rap i always constantly like mention the fact that like with with me and pen we threw the fun sarah we threw the first pay-per-view in battle rap you know what i mean through you guys you know like there's so there's always all the and we, we weren't the only ones you know like lush broke ground with a bunch of things you did uh uh um uh sunny bamboo in the midway like each division was doing their own uh groundbreaking stuff that ended up being exactly like part of the format that is to this day in battle rap mm. now I, I will say this too like through this journey it's crazy because i do a bunch of stuff now like i have another business i have an agency and like I, I've, I've gotten jobs working with different companies doing all types of stuff and it all started from battle rap and how we the marketing and the advertising and manipulating and using the fucking technology it's like it's crazy that we were developing these real world skills mm -hmm. and, and that we didn't realize because it was fun at the time. Right. But like, I, I really like, you know, we're, we're figuring out how to do live streams with what seems like archaic <laughs> technology now. You know what I'm saying? I think you were the one that brought the camera for the first live stream. Yeah. <laughs> right, Flacco? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like, I think, I think we could do it on my camera. You know what yeah. I mean? And now it's just like, people know the shit like the back of their hands, but like we, we were ground level years of experience with a lot of this shit. I don't know if people yeah. do it like the, the back of your hand Planning or everything, yeah. What'd you say? It's definitely not back of your hand technology yet. We're still in the more like we're moving into the mainstream phases, I'd say. I like, to, But to me, it's like really true what you're saying. Part of like how I, I got my job was because I could do webinars and they like trusted me to figure out how to do webinars and find the tools. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. So like part of that came from doing live shows just performing at bars and shit got me to webinars. So it's like hearing you say that, I'm like, yo, that's like big facts. Like it literally translates yep. into my professional career that even this, right? Because I'm doing this, there's more trust that I'm capable of doing internet things for my day job company because that knowledge isn't necessarily quite as widespread as you'd believe at this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah no. it's crazy. You know, I, I, have, I have one more story, right, that ties into this, right? So I'm going to Full Sail, and in the beginning, they test you with a bunch of, like, general education classes, right? There's a class where you have to, like, build a computer from scratch. And, like, like before you even um, learn to all the shit, like, how to fucking use the patch bay and fucking use the echo and the delay and shit, like, they put you through all this general education shit to kind of weed people out, right? So, and also, Yo, is that why it, they like, do general education school. shit in general to weed people out? They teach you boring shit. To, like, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I love what yeah, you I said mean, that. That's how I felt. That's that's how I felt. But like because of that, we had a lot of people failing out in the beginning. You know what I mean? And then you know, teachers would be like, "Yo, they didn't want to be here anyway." But the thing that fucked me up was, is we called it. I don't know if this is a technical name for it, but we called it a twenty-four hour school. Because basically, to prepare you for the industry, the school was open 24-7, and you were liable to have a class or a lab at any time. I remember I had a lab from like 3 to 5 in the morning uh, for like a month period. I had a lab from 3 to 5 in the morning, then I had class from 5 to 9, then I had a lab from 9 to 11. So I had to sleep between 11 and 3 a.m., learn how to wake myself up, 
And even because of that, right now, like, I'd be up all night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, like, yo, but, yo, I would fucking, in the beginning, I would miss so much fucking class because I just would oversleep and shit that they made me leave. They were like, yo, you have to take a nine-month break from Full sale, like, you know, you have to, like, go out and do something and show us that you want to come back, right? And I'm like, fuck. So what a lot of people don't know is in that nine months is when Grind Time was created. Wow. Yeah, so th- this is what I did. So when I first left, I was like, yo, fuck, what am I going to do, right? And so I went on Craigslist. And remember, Craigslist was like, I guess it was out a long time, but, like, people in our age group, like, were just discovering Craigslist, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So I went on Craigslist and I found this dude named Captain Chris, like Captain, like Captain Crunch. His name was Captain Chris Hill, right? And he's such like an important person, like in my life that ties into my story. So he's like, yo, I have a, he's like, I have an internet radio station called Rhythm 96. And he was like, yo, fucking, I'm looking for interns, right? So me and my boy Prophecy, he was like a producer at the time. And um, me and him go to, uh, we go to Rhythm 96 and get there. Dude, Captain Chris is like 48 year old dude. He lives in the back of his mom's crib and he set up like a fucking radio station on like the back patio, right? <laughs> and like, we're like, yo, this is bullshit. You know what I'm saying? He's like, no, no, you guys are at the right place. We come in. We get there, he has mad equipment in the back, right? And he's like, listen, he's breaking down his business. And he's like, yo, we start noticing, if you look at his walls, that he has like event passes to every fucking event, like NBA games, hip hop events. And we're like, yo, how did you get these in the back of your mom's house? And he's like, I just, I say I'm media. And he's like, yo, he's like, my homeboy is this Jewish dude. I, I send his wife into meetings. And we always come out with like passes to shit. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. He was like, yo, I just got a fucking a Jewish lady. Lit. Fucking, that means- he's, like, I ba- he's like, I basically write her a script and tell her what to say. She studies it for like a night going into the meeting and they give her shit. So he, this motherfucker had like sponsorships from Sprint and all types of shit. So at an early, at an early stage, I'm looking at it like, yo, this dude has like five viewers a month and he conned fucking Sprint and Verizon and NBA teams to give him passes and sponsorship money. <laughs> and I was like, yo, this is crazy. So what he did was he gave us a um a radio show in like the back of his mom's porch. And we used to come there like once a week. And like at the time, like I told you I was in the battle rap. This is actually how Grind Time started. We called it Grind Time Radio. And um we used to just That's have, right. Like, interviews interviews and shit and then we'd have like try to do like a little battle at the end like an audio battle people were calling over the phone right so we did that for a little while and like we just had enough of captain chris after a while you know what i'm saying he was crazy but like in in a couple months where uh if we went to his mom's house we learned so we learned that like you don't really have to have it all together to be able to talk a company into giving you a sponsorship no shit right and we also learned that, like, even if your platform sucks, the fact that you have a platform opens you up to gaining some type of traction on the business end, right? And I was like, yo, this is, ain't this shit crazy? So then after we left and then, you know, I got with Corey and we made grind time, like, I was taking a lot of these tools 
into, you know, my career as like an event planner or whatever, right? Because I knew that like, because people, even to this day, people are like, yo, I need a sponsorship. Can you help me get a sponsorship? That all comes from fucking seeing Captain Chris struggle as a 48-year-old man and having Shout fucking friends. Shout out to Captain Chris. You know what I'm saying? Cool Captain story. Chris is crazy. His name's Captain Chris Hill. Let me know if y'all find him on Google. I, I wonder what he's doing now, but his station was called Rhythm96.com. He was the first person that told me, like, yo, you want a dot com if you have a dot net or dot whatever is cheaper, but dot com makes it look more official. It's worth paying that extra fifteen dollars to go daddy to get dot com. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sound so, advice, yo, sound advice. You know what I mean? Respect so that. like yeah, so when I went when I went back and they were like, All right, like when nine months was up and the school was like, All right, man, like, what did you do? I'd fucking me and Corey made a grind time DVD and I showed like footage of us in like Captain Chris's studio and shit. And they were like, yo, this, this shit is fucking crazy. And so like after, after I graduated, they would be like, they would use grind time. They'd be like, yo, the founder of grind time went here, like come to the school. That was yeah. fucking cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's like goals. I remember yeah, I was... seeing that. I remember seeing that. And that is a, that is a wild, like, not to feel great about like yo your school prides itself on saying you were an alumni you know wow like, that's yeah that's fucking yeah cool. so they, they were just like yo there's nothing we can even say like come on back and i had to start with like a new group of people and shit and i graduated later because of that but like obviously it was worth it you know i mean there's a lot of people hit me up now like yo used to hang up battle rap flyers in fucking the full sale hallways like i still have one you know what i mean so like yeah that's that's how everything really got started. And then we just expanded. Your story, man. You're full of yeah. knowledge nuggets for real. Like anybody watching this can be should be taking notes on, because like a lot of what you're saying translates to like anybody on the grind today. It's not even like that different. It's uh, go be where people are, get your knowledge on, and take advantage of opportunities that are available with the tools that are available. And you're just describing how you did it with like Craigslist and shit instead of Facebook. You know? Yeah. It's actually I think the, cool. the biggest thing to me is that like people who succeed and, 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 and people who actually accomplish what they think of and what they dream of, the one the first part is taking action. Like I feel like ninety percent of people don't even take action. They just come up with the idea and chill. Mm-hmm. I mean the the other thing is like I would spend hours listening to other people talk. Like thank God we have podcasts now because it's easier. And, and like TED Talks, but even before that, I would just like find whatever interviews I could of successful people and listen to everything they said and see like how I can like incorporate this or apply this to what I'm doing. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I knew like, like, yo, like just like I will tell you when we did that first pay-per-view event, like I knew we had to do something. Even, even if it failed, I was like, we have to have the first pay-per-view event just to say we had it. You know what I mean? It was a huge fucking struggle because cats didn't know what the hell they were doing. But ultimately, it like it gave us like a little notch on our belts because I knew the industry was going that way. I just didn't know how the hell it was gonna happen. Yeah, you know no, it I mean? wasn't. It wasn't like it was a, a mainstream thing like that. You know, that right. site itself had problems with the traffic we gave them with that event. Like it was yeah. just not built for that much you know at the time yeah it just wasn't no but so that's like a, yeah it's a big fact and people don't necessarily um 
<clears throat> I think it's called the toolbox paradox, where people believe that they need this ideal state of equipment slash perfection in order to start pursuing some degree of plan or action and pursue it. And usually they'll find an excuse or a limitation of why they can't pursue it. Whereas your version of it is we just did it and it was not maybe the best, but we were the first and that was powerful. And I'm like, no, that's how life works. Actually, it's it's pretty interesting because um, my whole endeavor has been this clunky mess of not making great decisions. But as you said, having a platform allows me to talk to you today and now and be able to like literally learn from you directly. So. Like everything you're yeah. saying to me is like, yo, that's that's my life. <laughs> that's so fucking cool like, to like, talk you know, to. <clears throat> the, the thing is, like, you can share information at the speed speed of light now, right? Like, I like I literally remember like when people had pen pals and shit, and like motherfuckers, you would get a letter from them two weeks later. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like as soon as as soon as AOL Instant Messenger came out or MSN, like. I was like, oh, it's lit. Like, I could talk to somebody in England. Like, right now, oh, it's over. You know what I mean? And I always felt like that. Like, I always was, like, eager to take advantage of technology and just push the limits of what, like, the user could actually do. Mm. You know what I mean? And now it's crazy. Like, everybody knows now. FaceTime and all this other shit. But, like, I think um, you... I, I heard. I heard an entrepreneur say this a long time ago. It's like... If you're like in the mix, like, you know, everybody has Facebook, everybody has Instagram, everybody has TikTok or whatever. Whenever a new technology comes out, you can be one of the first people on that to really take advantage of that and to like gain a strong foothold in that. You can give yourself a lot of advantages business-wise. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And like, if you, if you notice, like somebody might not be popular on Instagram, but they got like they got on TikTok super fast and like that's how they got their bag, that's how they got their money, that's how they got an even bigger following. So I used to always think of that like, let me like this is why I love Clubhouse House right now. It's not monetized yet, but like I think one day it's gonna be like monetized rooms where people pay to like mm. get into certain rooms and stuff like that on Clubhouse. Yeah. I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of things rolling out that if you gain like strong foothold in Clubhouse right now. And then whatever is even coming out after that, like, it, like you'll be golden. So I wish I could be on Clubhouse right now. It's a big wish, but unfortunately, I have the Galaxy World, and Clubhouse is not rolled out to the Apple uh, to the post Apple universe yet. It's just iOS. Oh really? So, so Instagram was like that too in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah. it made me actually realize a huge thing. I never. It's something I'm calling. I don't know how what the right word is, but um, it made me realize that uh. The average, I mean, if you look at it a metric perception, the average uh, revenue per user of an Apple product is significantly higher than an Android product. Plus, the way Apple specs everything puts a lot of limitations on app development. Sorry, a lot of like, well, conf confines on app development, but that makes it easier to support. There's only the pre-approved eight Apple displays you have to work with rather than every fucking display combination under the sun as the Android world competes with each other. So... It's significantly cheaper mm -hmm. to pay the Apple premium and just be Apple exclusive, but also know that when you do monetize, your user base has a higher threshold for money. So you're probably going on a SaaS model, mm -hmm. and now you're going to have a guaranteed not broke situation for that SaaS model, but you're going to roll it out to Android when you're ready to drop it because you know Android's going to be a low conversion with a bunch of free ad shit. 
that would be my prediction of what they're doing right now is uh, figuring out how to sass up the uh, Clubhouse universe. You learn something new every day. I'm glad I'm glad you said that. I, I, have, I have a question, and I want to tell you all something else. Uh, what did you say the term was for people who sit around and make up excuses for not to do stuff? Uh, I don't know uh, what term I used. You said it's called an ox something? Oh, I used the toolbox paradox to describe the excuses. Oh, toolbox of paradox. Yeah. Okay. Because that's All like right. uh, when you use, because um, usually if you talk to people about why they have an action in those moments, they're waiting on a perfection moment. They're waiting on either the right equipment or the right circumstances. And so it all boils under what that toolbox paradox describes. Like, and it's this fallacy that you need things to go. Like I actually spent a lot of money on things I end up not using. So basically it was like a $600 lesson here or there, but I really didn't need that gear. <laughs> So, mm. and then you learn, oh shit, I probably could have started my podcast with $30 lapel bikes and not, you know, like you, you learn a lot yeah. of stuff, but only after you go through it. So it's just that if you accept an imperfection and a growth forward path, like you just got to get better over time. Like that's the only math equation in my pattern is to get better over time. And that's, it, and your mistakes help you do that. You know, the people that really monetize their brands and the people that really like, even if you look at like rappers and shit, like. The people who really don't give a fuck about what no one else says seem to go further than the more talented people who read every fucking comment and let it like stop them from doing anything. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, Yo, Holden, have you have you seen the movie Silicon Valley with um Steve Jobs and um and Bill Gates? They kind of it was like the first movie that really told their story before all these new movies came out. I don't know if I saw the movie, but I'm familiar with both their stories. So. Um, and when I went to Full Sail, they made us watch Silicon Valley, and because I had fucked up in the beginning, I had to watch it like six times, right? And I eventually I just ended up like adding it to my collection. But um, I was watching Bill Gates, and um, there's a scene where he he has like Microsoft oh, Pirates of Silicon Valley. Uh, yeah, Pirates of Silicon Valley. Okay, yeah, and, and um, yeah, there's there's a scene where like he's like, all right, we have the computer. And but it's just this black screen, like talking about Microsoft DOS. It's just a black screen with like ones and zeros. We need like a graphical interface. So he goes and he has a meeting with Xerox and they're like, we have one. And it's like the same shit with like the start button. And then you can open up the apps. And Bill Gates is like, he talks them into giving them their GUI, a GUI, which is basically what you see when you log onto a computer. He talks them into giving it to him. He, it's unfinished, so he applies it to Microsoft. Then he goes to IBM and tells them, you need computers. And, you know, I'm actually in a bidding war with all these other computer companies, and they're going to give me all this money and scares them into giving him his startup money, right? And I'm like, yo, like, yeah, that's, that's motherfuckers can do all this shit, and I bullshit. can't get <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I Being able to bullshit is, is really like, uh, yeah. uh, you know? But also being able to bullshit and back up your shit, yeah. right? Because right, right. if they if they would if they would have been if they would have been real con artists, they would have just took the money and ran, right? And mm -hmm. not not produced anything. Yeah, you know right. they they produced and 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 
came up with their shit, you know? Yeah. Like, these are also, but that, that's like, what I think. Top tier. Like, like, both these guys, just to, like, give them credit, like, by the time they're 18, have already put in so much time, effort, and grind into becoming experts within their crafts that when these yeah. opportunities arose, they were able to see them and recognize the opportunities. And that's something you just have to give them credit for. It's not just that they pulled off the great thing. It's that they right. You had to know. Like, people don't necessarily know that at this time, like there, there was no interface. There, what you nobody could picture it. It didn't exist outside of a few select university research firms, where only mm-hmm. like the most exclusive like PhD research types ever saw this shit. The internet was super limited and whatnot. So to have a guy like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs both, because I believe like both of them tried to steal it at the same time, and Steve failed, and then got mad at Apple or Bill after, and it's like one of my favorite stories because it's, mm-hmm. it's hilarious. It's it's just hilarious when you think about how like petty this software world can be. But uh, yeah, so like you look you look at that. Similar to every world. These are two like geniuses who are competing for the same amazing idea because of how limited the opportunities to pull this off were. Like, this is not just some random shit. It is brilliance and action to me. Like, it's such a cool story to study. Yeah, no, nah, and there, there's, like, crazy stories. Like, I saw an interview with Mark Cuban the other day where he was talking about how, like, all he does is download ebooks and read all day and, like, learn about all the new technology because he doesn't want to get left behind. Like, like, I have this phrase that I tell, like, my friends and family, where I'm like, yo, don't be Blockbuster. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. you know, Blockbuster could have bought Netflix. It, like, we all know that yep. story. Like, yo, son, like, you have to learn the new shit and get on top of it. Like, because guys, you're going to be able to take advantage of it business-wise or whatever. But, like, yo, don't be Blockbuster, you know? And, like, Mark Cuban. Don't like, be Blockbuster. No, it's big. Cause like, I, yeah. I worked at a competitor to Blockbuster that let us delete late fees. I don't even remember the Blockbuster competitors. Was it like just the local video rental store? Well, it was a Quebec-only one, so it was owned by one of the biggest media conglomerates in Quebec, but they outlasted Blockbuster. I think there are still stores to this. There might be like a one or two still to this day that just happened to exist, but it was because we were allowed to delete late fees. So I was working at the video store as we were stealing Blockbuster clients on this I could delete your late fee shit. And it was the most ridiculous thing ever as people would tell us stories about how Blockbuster had creditors calling, like they would send $5 late fees to collections and then they would they would come to us and tell us their fuck Blockbuster story. So I got a good year of fuck Blockbuster stories before they died as people came over here and raged at their terrible business practices. So yo, <laughs> you know don't you know, you know what's crazy? Blockbuster. Blockbuster, Blockbuster made words i don't know who the ceo of blockbuster was i'd love to know but like they made the, the two worst decisions and missed out on two big forward moving opportunities they got fucked up by Redbox. Mm. and red and there was like a couple year period where like people weren't fully on to the streaming services but they like yeah the- they were still like, doing red box i, I know in, in the bronx there's a lot of people that in, in in New York City period, you get to get a good gauge because there's so many millions of people. Right. You get to get a greater gauge of like essentially what the world outside of New York City and the rest of the country, not in the world, but in the rest of the country yeah. probably is like because you see how how many people really don't care necessarily about keeping up with any of the tech like that. You know, like it's it's not the majority. It's usually people that are like, 
they're just like, whatever. I only do like Holden's attitude towards YouTube early on in life. That's a, that's, I know people like that still to this day that mm. they're just like, what? Yeah. Make a profile, like, and comment. Like what, bro? Subscribe. Like, nah, just send me a link. In New York, New York is like the easiest place to go outside, even for new yeah. kids. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's crazy because New York is always the first on everything, but it, there's so much other shit to do in New York to where you don't have to get on your phone as much as everybody else. Mm, Facts. That's mad nifty. I like that you said that too. Yeah. Those kinds of perspectives are things people I think should think about. Because you know what? All of my like super fans, you could say, are mostly from places that are not big suburb, uh, big city areas. They're often in smaller areas with less to do on a Tuesday night or whatever. So they like really are just chilling. And it, it's like it's a it's a it's a weird thing. But when you're on the internet, you're really not trying to compete with your local city's tourism. You know, like there's a lot of things yeah, happening yeah, yeah. in big cities. You're you're trying to go for like Iowa. And that, that's well, you know I, you know I feel like when Instagram came out with live, it kind of was like now I'm gonna go outside and show you everything I do, so now I can do both at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's big. Yeah, man. Big honestly, time. like when real life comes back, my phone and my data, I'm good. I'm just gonna twitch a lot more. People are gonna see Montreal. Like, why not? Yeah, yeah. it's crazy because this time I think has made us realize how 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 valuable like accomplishing your goals are mm. right mm -hmm. a lot a lot of people passed away earlier than their time a lot of people got sick multiple times you know what i'm saying like and, and we lost a lot of great celebrities that we look up to that were masters of their crafts that thank god they were able to put out the work they did before they passed yeah. chadwick rest in peace kobe bryant you know what i mean so i think that that kobe bryant chadwick boseman's Yo, that made a lot of people just be like, man, I got to get on my shit. I think it's true. Well, I mean, for me, at least, I feel like the last year was fascinating because I wasn't around people. I don't know about where you're at, but I'm currently, lockdown's about to kick in in three minutes, and we can't go outside till five in the morning. So it's been a lot of time to be, like, reflective. And I think a lot of people I watched get more reflective in the last year and more, like, right. more willing to, like, acknowledge who we all are rather than right. having to play like for me like I, I haven't had to go be in the office place and, and play that role which is a little faker than my normal self would be on some like you know it's work times you know so i've been me all day all day me myself for like the last year which is possibly the first time in my life that's like ever actually happened yeah i mean that's the shit a lot of people i mean the united states of america is a little more irresponsible with their covid pandemic rules but yeah. um <laughs> Especially certain states, like the same three states. We all Other, know. I mean, it's it's always like that, right? You know, like oh. the the South, the Midwest. Uh, I think I don't know which one of those, like, um, like really right leaning conservative pundits, like came coined up coined the term, but like they call it the flyover states, the states that you fly over on your way between New York to California. You know, mm -hmm. and and it's just like, yeah, like. <laughs> Like, it, that's exactly what it is, you know? We yeah. in, in New York City, like you said, we really do have real, it's just like you go outside more. You, as soon as I go downstairs, I'm walking by, like, at least five to ten people, and I'm not saying hi to them. 
<laughs> and like, you know, and it's just like, that's, and that, I live on a dead end block. It's kind of like a little bit of a quiet neighborhood, like neighborhood. You, you've been in my, my area, correct? You know? So like, but like. You're still in the same spot? Yeah, yeah. I'm still, I'm still at the same Yo, spot. Yo, you gotta relink me with that barber you took me to, man. That was the greatest haircut I ever had in my life. I mean, I didn't mean to tell you that for years. Yo, it's funny that you say that because every time that I walk by there, I already know that. Like, I, I know that. I, like, you you told me that day, like, your feelings that day were very clear. <laughs> like, you were like, yo, this haircut and this food is amazing. And you were apprehensive about both, you know? Right, right. You were like, I, I just need to get a cut, you know? And then the food, I think you were a little bit more apprehensive about. You were like, bro, I don't bro, know. Bro, it's called Coochie Fritos. The Coochie Fritos, baby. I took you to Coochie Fritos. Yeah, when I think about Coochie <laughs> Fritos, like, I do not think about like, eating. Well, I don't I don't know. I don't know what none of this is. And I'm like, yo, just trust me. Like, do you like chicken? Like, generally, like you know? Like, do you like chicken? Do you like beef? Do you like, what do you prefer? Like, you know? It's, it's kind of simple, you know? Rice and beans. Do you like yellow or do you like white, you know? And from there, like, you know, you'll see once you eat it, you know, how, how good it is. And, like, all the, the love that's put in it. But I, I knew, I knew, you ain't got to tell me. <laughs> Respect. Yeah, honestly, I think it's so cool that we're, like, like pretty much two hours deep and we barely started to talk about Grand Time. That's how interesting you are. I just want you to know that, Yo, right? super interesting, yo. <laughs> really <laughs> interesting life, yo. And by the way, like, I didn't even say it because I was just like, yo, you know what? But, like, I'm going to say it right now real quick. Like, we didn't even touch on your upbringing, like, your household. And like mm -hmm. your like your family necessarily, know you know, like it's it's on. just we're just going on the strength of you, mm -hmm. and that's interesting in itself. We didn't. I want to know now. I'm curious about like who is this computer uncle? Like what? Like he was programming. Like clearly oh, this man yeah, was, was like yeah. it was your pops. Yeah. Look, yeah, yeah. your pops. Your yeah. pops is probably like super monumental person that we probably should be talking about. But like, yeah, like you also are like, really interesting. This has been but it's more than that. Right, right? It's like, yo, you gotta understand. I'm a kind of guy right now trying to explain some tech stuff to a lot of peoples that might happen to do the MC thing in my city. And I think you can appreciate what it is to try to explain new tech stuff. Like, yo, I have ideas here and I'm trying to, anyway, I don't want to go too much in that direction, but I'm saying it from a point where hearing you describe the way your mind works, I'm like, nah, you're, you're like, you're one of the smartest people I've talked to. I might say that a few times, but I'm blessed to talk to some of the smartest people that I can collect in life, which is fucking crazy cool for me. This is like mini TED Talks to me, but you're like that <laughs> quality level, like, You've dropped a lot of free game in here that if people are paying attention to and are actually taking notes, they can apply to their brand growings and actually leverage technology smarter. You support so many things I believe in in terms of how to leverage what's around you. You're like, like you invent, you're like kind of like probably what the people who ended up making Twitch were studying when you were creating these buzzes and amalgamations. Like people were watching that data mm -hmm. that you were creating and making decisions that led to the world that we're in today. Yo, that's like, that's big for me to talk to you, like in ways that maybe I don't know how yeah. to express fully, but that's so cool. Yeah, I get it too, because the crazy thing to me is that I started thinking, it's like, yo, I know so many broke people who kind of did things similar to me or just are artists and creatives and whatever, because they, they, they don't know like the power of their mind or their talent. 
or their yeah. ability to just get things done. And I tell like a lot of my peers all the time, like, bro, like they pay six figures and up for our same skill sets in corporate America. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh and, my gosh. And, and they don't, and, and, and like, I, like, man, I'm big on that. I'm, I'm really big on that. And it's like, you got to learn. It, it, it got to a point where it was like, I got to dress in a suit and I got to change the way I talk in order to get in those offices and talk to those people. But now with the internet, it's like, yo, all you, all you got to do is have that battery in your back to, to get your shit together and don't, the fucking um the, the, the toolbox shit <laughs> you know what i'm saying like 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 don't don't sit around because now you can make a bunch of money or or connect with a bunch of people just by talking if you're not being super lazy yeah Yo, the, the talking thing Listen. is so huge because that's another part of what you said that we need to highlight because it's, it's really big i was afraid of messaging people my whole fucking life so I probably would be a lot more successful now in my whole like review interview life if I had uh, more of a willingness to have learned how to DM people. I mean, like to do it right, to not be annoying. I'm more of like the self-conscious, why would this person want to talk to me, motherfucker? And I overthink that shit and I end up never really doing it. Even to this day, I'm learn I'm forcing myself to reach out to people more. It's like a habit and a skill I'm learning how to develop. But you okay. I got, I got contacted for you. World Star, and it basically helped grind time pop off on some eh, right, yeah. i'm gonna do, do it but you also watched next man's get free passes on some contact in the whole world shit and i'm like yo i want media passes <laughs> like let's be real that's blessed <laughs> I'm, I'm like how do you do that <laughs> yo I, I realize at a certain point is that you can really talk your way into anything you know what i'm saying and um like all right so we talked about my pops right so my mom for like the majority of her life She's been a human resources consultant, right? So her oh, whole shit, thing is that's big. yeah, she 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 would negotiate a lot of people's contracts in like all different fields, and she'd have to learn about these fields, and or she'd be hired as a temp to fucking basically be the boss and the manager at a company for a certain amount of time, right? So a lot of things, you know, my mom is one of my best friends in the world, and we talk a lot about communications and how to like. I didn't realize don't the skills she was giving me at the time but we would talk a lot about like how is if you change the way that you say something to someone it can be perceived completely different right and so that really gave me the confidence to be able to talk to anybody and and, and connect with them you know what i'm saying and i even think my upbringing like going to school in the suburbs and stuff like that then going in the city in the summer times and going to visit, I feel like that all plays into learning how to talk to different people and stuff like that, right? So the funny thing for me is when you're talking about being um like a, like a little apprehensive about sending messages and stuff like that, right? My whole thing was, boom, this is my trial period here. Like, I'm a, I'm a, I might not want to call this person on the phone, but like I can try. I'll send ten people messages. I'll send different type of messages and then see who responds. And then it be, then what you start realizing is that like, okay, before you send a message, you look at a way to um, connect with somebody that will make them want to respond. Like I even do that now. Like if I message somebody that I'm trying to connect with on a business level and I don't think they're going to respond, like, like if we had a sponsorship a couple of years ago and I noticed that the dude grew up in central Florida. So I hit him instead of sending him an email just about business. I was like, hey, 
I went to school in Central Florida, this and that, and I was on this road and I lived here and he responded like immediately. And it's from a big um, clothing brand. You know what I mean? And then like me and him just established a whole connection based off living in the same area. So that's that's oh, the thing too. I think a lot of people send nifty. messages like, yeah, so you just gotta, I think you do research on who you're talking to first and then send a message with, a, with whatever you learned about them in mind. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's that's big, man. Honestly, I really like that you said that. Um, I also like that you A/B tested your messaging strategy as well, which is kind of cool. Like that's basically yeah. when you send it out and you compare which ones have the better results, and you continue to optimize the approach until etc. That's also, yo, it's cool that you just think like that. Like, yo, people really do pay people a lot of money to do what you're doing. I'm not even flying. Like that is like, yo, you can go look. Yeah. I don't know about where in the States, but in Canada, there's this site called Glassdoor. And, you know, they put the salaries of, like, the average. Yeah, we have Glassdoor here, too. Yeah. Oh, that's blessed. So, yeah, like, yeah. you just go on Glassdoor and go look at what people get paid to do things that you might actually do. It's just a matter of now making your CV look fire, which is now probably a good internet right. presence. That doesn't mean but followers. You, you know that, uh... It means actually longevity. It means if you do something for three to five years, companies are interested because, yo, you stayed in the game for five years is what companies are looking for. The companies are also having shitty subscriber accounts. So trust me, they're not judging you for that shit because they put money in and you pulled off what companies did without money. So they're actually really interested in your mind. I just want to throw that out there because that's, yo, I didn't put any money into AdSense or anything like that for anything I've accomplished. It's all been this organic growth. That's what companies are looking for because they are not good at things that don't have numbers. Right. Nah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I don't know. Just for anyone listening, I'm into sharing knowledge nuggets too if we can. But yo, that's so cool. But So I don't know. So let's pick up with, let's pick up with yeah. Grind Time. That's what I was going to say too. Um, uh, <laughs> you, um, you, 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 you got um, the, the, you got the, uh, platform on all these uh, places. Um, how's how how is it like being the creator of it as it's going? Like looking back, um, it, was, it, was, it was super fun because I think at a certain point in time when we start realizing celebrities are watching and all this other stuff is going on, you start realizing that like yo, we're sculpting a piece of history. You know what I mean? And then I started becoming hyper aware of that, like, if we give this dude an opportunity, he blows up. Or just whatever happens, like, we're, we're, we're changing history. Like, like every decision that we make is changing someone's life and changing a, a timeline in hip-hop history. And I think that was, like, coming to that realization was crazy for me. Yo, I love you know that I mean? you said like, that. Man, yeah. everybody says the first step is visualization. And that's visualization in action is the awareness of what's going on and the a focus because you know, people plan for like a year and they should be thinking 10. That's something right. like thinking a hundred shit. That's it's funny because I, it's funny that you say that because I was just talking when we were talking with Cortez um, last week, uh, Holden, when he like, this is what makes it, this is what I've been enjoying about this journey with Holden, right? Where it's just like, yo, I could do a show with like another fellow, like, you know, super underground from, you know, the, from the soil that like knows this, but it's just like, where's the fun in that? Like, it's just two people that know, like, this is, this is better because like, 
Holden gets to learn about all this shit that has existed already, you know? And mm -hmm. uh, he gets to go through this journey and I get to be there and watch him go through the journey. And I think that as like a real, true, like love of this like culture of ours, like I think that's probably one of the funnest thing is like watching somebody else, you know, get up on some shit that you've been up on. And then being right. like, yo, this shit is fucking cool. You being like, right? Right? So I, think, I think sometimes we like live in our own bubbles and we forget that like there's a person out there that's not privy to all the information we took, that we are mm -hmm. to. And then we speak to everybody. Like they understand what we're talking about and they understand our culture. Like I used to always say like, like growing up, like I don't want to do the same 10 things that all people in my neighborhood do. Right, because mm -hmm. there's people different from us that do ten things, and then there's another group of people that do ten things. Like I want to experience all of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think sometimes it keeps you grounded when, like, okay, like I never got caught up in like, oh, everybody knows me in battle rap because I know I can step into a room and I nobody knows me. Then they could be on some completely different shit, and I have to basically start from the beginning mm -hmm. with that group of people. You know what I'm saying? And like, I, I think that's that's another part of it too. Like just knowing there's so much to learn. So much to experience and that you can you, you never know everything and you're never just on top of life you know big facts yo i love it you're holding man this is the dreams <laughs> man for me this knowledge nugget shit literally my like emote is a is a gold nugget with a scholar half and it mm -hmm. says knowledge on it. it's knowledge nuggets because yo that's Sorry. what we're about here honestly listen there's a lot of people who um who don't know a lot about internet marketing and I figure if I can talk to a lot of successful people in the game who have a lot of knowledge and experience and we can talk about mm -hmm. this stuff kind of more candidly like how can anybody I'm, I'm gonna be saying shit like yo yo what was direct doing 10 years ago and look what happened today why are you all ignoring this now like this just gives me the ammunition to help me make better arguments and stuff and then people can come watch yeah, this sucks. and be like Yo, learning real game. Like, we could talk about your favorite influences in hip-hop and shit, and sure, we could do that. But, like, hearing how you built Grind Time and how you leveraged all this available information is just so much more practical and helpful to the rest of the world is my thoughts on the situation. And genuinely more entertaining for me. Right, nah, that's dope. Yo, I, I want to let you guys know I got about, like, 20 minutes left, and I don't want to uh, I don't want to miss out on any of the major points. I got lost in... Nah, telling a bunch of stories. You know nah, we definitely gonna do a part two. That's we fact. definitely yeah. gonna do a part two. Hey, right. hey, I'm ready for it. It's it's perfect, man. Like here's the thing. Uh you've you've expressed why you're a legend without having to even talk about your accomplishments. And I think fact. you should take some serious <laughs> pride in the fact that this is like we're this deep and we didn't have to talk about all of those other things that normally come up. Cause yo, like yo, you're a drawing fucking piano playing, singing, battle rap legend by the time you're like 16, you know? All the other stuff is like whatever. You were 16 <laughs> and you had already done way more things than other people's. You were recording songs, you off the radio, you were you were just you were just doing all this crazy shit, you know? Like and then all of a sudden it's like you're you're correlating that already into these hidden business successes and different things you've done that to me are like real accomplishments. So I feel yeah. like, man, we have covered highlights the whole thing. It's just been a highlight reel yeah. of phase one, the first, the first big chapter of Direct. So I got another question um, on the heels of that. So what do you feel was like the biggest moment yeah. that happened each year 
as it was progressing, if you can. Like, it doesn't have to be each year, but, like, at yeah. least each, like, couple years, you know? Because yeah. I feel like every few years there was an accomplishment that, like, like I remember looking at uh, when Judd, when, like, certain rappers were paying attention to us, looking, like, when Jay tweeted about Lux, that was, like, a moment mm-hmm. in, the, in the culture, you know? Um, yeah. in, in battle rap, you know? Uh, I feel like back then... Yeah. Grind time had that a lot of time. So basically, um, I think the first thing was the, was the run our test deal, right? Mm-hmm. For me, right? Then the second thing was probably the world star thing, mm-hmm. right? And then um, I want to say then it was like expanding and making like multiple divisions. And then like it's everywhere now, right? And then the next thing after that was like the league competition thing. We have different styles of leagues popping up and people are like choosing sides, like, like watching culmination of all this shit was just crazy. And it's especially because like, I was calling a lot of it before it happened. So I knew I wasn't crazy. You ever like yeah. have an idea and people are like, man, shut up. Yes. And then you see it happen. And you're like, all right, at least I know I'm not crazy. At least I yeah. know I know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, and then the Jay-Z thing happened after the um right after the Lux and Calico battle, the you gonna get this work when he tweeted it. And um it was crazy because there was an interview. I never forget this. It was an interview with Young Guru. And they were like, yo, tell us something about Jay Z that we wouldn't know. And he's like, yo, he watches every cipher, every battle rap, like every nerdy hip hop thing online. And, and like he be running around the house like, yo, Beyonce, did you hear this shit? That shit was crazy. Yeah, you know I mean, and I was like, "Yo, that's." <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, he, he probably know a whole bunch of us." You know what I'm saying? And then, it, and then it was like, damn, like, and I think that the last huge realization that, that kind of like came from that was like, "Yo, everybody is watching." Everybody's watching for facts. That's yeah, and and then that, yeah, that that's when I realized, and that's why, like, I like like now I'm trying to get out of it, and that's why I was saying like, "Fuck on those," but like I have a different persona on camera than I might like um, in real life. It's because I was always hyper aware of everybody watching. Mm. It's like, you don't want to say the wrong thing. But now we're in this era of like, people buy into you more than they buy into whatever you're selling. Yes, yeah. preach it. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! yeah. So yeah. so that's, people that's wanna, why- People want you to be exactly who you are now and then. Right, that's, that's why Cardi B can be the biggest rapper ever. Cause we yeah. all just like her personality. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's how she can no, go I, let me tell you something. In, in the middle of yeah. this, I've been telling people that New York is going to take the fuck off in this era because yeah. New York is drowning with just people with just bursting with personality. That is just like, all you got to do is just put a camera on them. Let them get on Twitch. And I promise you, people will watch in in we do the, that you'll just be like what why is this person that's just like nah. that's that new york yeah, shit. he, he like, says just, this but he goes live on sundays honestly and they sit in a bar and they talk like new yorkers and i know it's weird to say but i'm like in my i can't go anywhere but i've never really like watched like new york people like just talk like so naturally without like anything and it's like then we talk to them so we have this like this interaction where we can ask them questions and they can, they, we just, we're becoming friends with his squad of people in the bar just cause it's where we hang out now, Sunday evenings and shit, you know? So it's like, yeah. 
it's a cool it's a cool thing to watch like so many the personalities of just the regular people that Flacco is just like yo y'all would be great on Twitch let's do it and then they were these are my friends yeah. that it's just like they're like they're friends and then they're friends of friends right and some of them I don't even know but like I'm just like yeah skippable camp like they're wild there's wild personality you know like one of the people that's like the people the one of the people that I did not think would be the best person on camera is just like yo she is golden fam I need her on cam every time bro like she's already a part of the team that I'm like listen I need you I need you here next Sunday I need you on time she's always late but it's all good you yeah. know like so like because I... Mel's personality is just like yo but that's that New York shit. Like, there's a lot of and in an era where people value like your per like your personality just being unique. Like New York will thrive. New York City specifically will thrive in that. And if and if the future is everybody just live streaming themselves and like people watching other people live their fucking lives and like that's like their favorite TV to watch then in that environment, like, I expect to see a lot of New Yorkers thriving. But I also expect to see a lot of guys like Direct thriving. And I don't say that yeah, absolutely. or anything. Why? Because yeah. you're like a repository of fucking knowledge. Like, yeah. I, like, yo, it's it's a pleasure to talk to somebody like you. Here's one of the things that I noticed in all of your interviews and all the compliments about you. Um, you well, you were willing to... Con talk to people on a reel and give constructive criticism that was meaningful and helpful beyond just pointless and vapid shit you would take time and effort to travel everywhere to be involved with it and to share your knowledge as freely as possible as you could and i thought that was the thing that made you the most legendary of all the things to be honest with you and uh that's where something like twitch lets somebody like you really connect with an audience that probably didn't exist before Right, yeah, nah, that's actually dope, and I'm glad that you said that, because I've been thinking about different, like, ends on Twitch, and it's like, I feel like everybody is like, yo, Twitch is super video game heavy, and I'm like, no, there's other things on Twitch, it's kind of like, you just have to learn how to use the tools on Twitch to kind of, like, um, reach and engage with your audience properly, so I've kind of been looking for an end, but you're right, man, maybe it's just me talking. Yo, I mean, if you yeah, ever want to have, like, a, a more detailed version of that chat, we can talk. But nah, like, even, like, Jay Smooth is on Twitch. I popped on to the end of one of his streams. Like, here's the thing. Commentary YouTube moved to Twitch. That's what's happened. Anthony Fantano is now interviewing people on Twitch. They got 550 viewers at the same time. And so it's, like, it's kind of like a, we're at the inception point where the celebrities have arrived. And it's, like, and it's going to get harder soon. It's not going to get harder yet. Now's a great yeah. time because the wave's about to Well, come. you know, it also might have the YouTube effect where a lot of people who didn't, who might have only had 100 viewers at once are just going to be catching the back end of that influx of users. Because I feel like it's, it's 100 million That's what I'm saying. people coming Now's a great time. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But in six absolutely. months, I don't know if it's a great time. And I think it's yeah, going to no, be no, that I, fast. I, I got you. But nah, because yeah, yeah, yo, but education content is king, and you know that because of YouTube and what they're pushing. Education content is fucking big. Video, 40, 60 minute. Yo, people realized, yo, it's not that people have short attention spans, it's that people are willing to watch a five hour video in 15 minute chunks, and nobody knew that before. But now there's hard data to support that, that the lengthier content doesn't really matter. It's really just about having good content. 
And I believe that the way that you structure things with your detail oriented, you're rolling it back and all of that, man, you can just go talk to people for fucking days and just answer questions. Appreciate you. You know, it's funny. I used to get a lot of slack from people I knew. They were also content creators because they'd be like, just edit the shit down. And I used to be like, like, you know how it is being a creator when you're like, no, I like this part. I don't want to chop this part. And I used to just leave my videos at like an hour plus. I noticed that people would be like, when I saw this video was an hour, I was like, fuck that. But then I watched it anyway. Good shit. I was getting like, like a lot of comments like that. And I was like, and that was crazy how long, like Joe Budden's podcast is the longest shit in the world. That's, I mean, it depends. All of them, like, because Nori sometimes goes for like, I've seen Nori interviews go for four hours. Yeah. Right. I'll sit there. I'll sit there for all that whole thing because yeah. it's wild informative. That's part of what I always, that's why I wanted to do this. That's why, like, where I just feel like, yo, we're, there's a bunch of us that have helped build the independent hip hop scene that, mm-hmm. that will never get to sit at the table at Drink Champs. And we still got a story to tell as well that can benefit people. And like, it needs to be told, you know, like, and, and like everybody needs to be brought to the table. We need to be able to sit with everybody who like helped, you know? And um, yeah, let me know too, direct. Like I got you, like, I'm gonna start thinking about some other ideas too, like inside of just the you talking thing, you know what I mean? And I'll start shooting you some ideas. Cause you know, I don't, I don't know. I just, yeah, yeah, but, uh, no, it's definitely back up. Nah, but it's you know like, yeah. yo, it's just that, like, I saw this this thing where somebody was talking to you in an interview in 2019, and their main point was there was nothing happening on Battle Rap on, like, Monday through Wednesday, which is weirdly coincidental for a conversation I had with Flacco off camera, which I was like, wow, Direct is teaching me stuff right over here from his interview back then, and it was a really riveting conversation that showed the power of an audience's willingness to be completely committed to a specific thing seven days of the week they don't need other things Mm -hmm. and i'm like yo i understand why doing this on battle rap night is maybe like you know a weird thing to in the eyes of you know you know what's crazy though is that i was like just as a fan just as things i'm a fan of i always look to listen to new content to learn about it like when it comes to like nba podcasts and shit Mm -hmm. like that like i listen to them like every night and it's to the point where I like I have more than one saved because I want to listen to something different every day. And then I realized that like even though I might not be the average user or the average consumer, like there are other people that want to consume more than what's viewed as the regular amount of content. Mm. So I'm like, yeah, they're gonna if, if you're not consistent, then they're gonna find somebody else. Right, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. No, Our and I, I that's something that that holding um Holden and, um, you know, uh, Paulie Hustle, you remember Paulie Hustle direct, like, you know, he, you know, that's like, you know, that's my partner, you know, the homie, you know, for life. So like, I always consult him about everything. He was saying the same, echoing the same thing Holden saying, which is the same thing you saying, like the consistency is like super key too. And me and Holden have just been having conversations off camera. I'm just like expressing, like, I think maybe we should switch days. Um, but you know, a, another talk for another yeah. time. I wanted to tell you, uh, uh, direct, like, um, cause we were talking also, like when we were talking with Cortez, like I was telling him like, yo, there's something that like, we should be proud of in what we did. And like you, especially, you know what I mean? Like, because you really like with what you did with grind time, with coming up with that idea, right? Like that's 
literally the system that URL is built off of, you know, right. like the, the same exact, the same exact system, you know, and the way that the format, all the things that we did, you know, but like none of that would have happened if you didn't, like you were saying earlier, act and do instead of just thinking and thinking, you know, and like, and you did it. And thanks to you doing it, like there's now a whole industry, right? Like there's an industry now and like people, there's young cats that are like feeding their families, you know, off of battle rap. We built an industry where the music industry didn't want to give us anything. When there was no lane for us, when there was no nothing for us in the music industry, and they were like, ah, oh, we're, we're not hiring right now, you know? Like, we're all <laughs> full up over here, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we were the outcasts, and, like, like we, like, the, the lane got created, but, like, you are, like, a real pioneer in that lane being created, you know? Regardless of WRCs, existing beforehand regardless of everything mm-hmm. that did exist beforehand if you didn't do the actions that you did with grind time right like the, this might not be exactly the way that it is right now you know so like yeah. be proud yeah. and like thank you for those yeah. contributions because like if it wasn't for you doing that i wouldn't have the platform and the fans that i do have you know like a lot of the fans that i gained like, I had people in New York City that they were in tune enough and they had heard things that I was doing, you know? But, like, it wasn't nothing like the fan base that I was able to touch by doing grind time. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, thank, thank no, you. Even that. That's, that's really why I did it, though. Even when it got annoying, when I didn't want to do the shit no more. Like, people even ask me today, like, oh, you regret this not happening or not doing this like this? I'm like... But this is what I was in it for. So what Flacco just said. You know what I'm saying? But just to add to that, looking at a rapgrid.com right now, for somebody Mm -hmm. like me in my current life, it's Mm -hmm. like a Rosetta Stone. I don't know how else to put it, dude. And King of the Dots there. So, I mean, that's dope. Because, I mean, it's Canada. That's what what I'm saying. Like, it's like, to me, it's cool to see that, right? Like, as a Canadian, you know? And so I really respect that. That's dope. And a lot of your stuff is touch king of the dot, which to me is dope. So um, I don't know. You know, you know what's crazy is that my brother said this to me one day. He was just like, "You got to learn how to reinvent yourself. Right? There's gonna come a time in your life where you feel like you're just face to face with a wall, and in that moment, you're gonna have to know how to reinvent yourself using like whatever tools you have. Mm. You know, and like I always, yeah, like I, that's something that was said to me kid and I've heard different iterations of that to entrepreneurs and business courses and shit like that podcasts but like I think that's the realest thing like I know we didn't get in the rap group we get into it next time but like after grind time like it was a wall you gotta reinvent yourself with rap grid now like I'm reinventing myself with crazy with the craziest shit in my life right now that people don't know about yet you know what I'm Yo, saying so that's the illest plug I've heard yet for like an episode two, like I'm wild excited now. Like, yo, that was like a movie right there. That was like part two is crazy, fam. When you hit that wall and you go past it and rap in that story, and it's just like, oh shit, dog, that's a motherfucking episode right there. Yeah, yeah, for real. No, for real. No, it's, this has been a pleasure. I know your time is coming up yeah, to the real end, so we should probably wrap up then. And so, 
Yo, just thank you though. This is a gift for real. You, you taught us all a lot of stuff. You're very fascinating. And honestly, however many episodes it takes, we can get the whole story down. It would just be a pleasure. Uh, with it, when, whenever y'all want to put together episode two, hit me up. Let me know. I got you. Super I'm going to hit you this week with some ideas and, and, and yeah. dates. So um, all right. with all that said though, we also just want to make sure to thank the people that watched us live on all the different platforms. We want to thank End of the Week. Um, because without end of the week, this conversation wouldn't happen. We're on their Zoom. You got to make sure to follow end of the week. Yo, uh, shout out to end of the week. You know what I'm saying? You know, I got a rep for the champions. Facts. And, uh, <laughs> so we got to shout them out every single time. It's mad important because without them, like, this is the end of the week, you know, time. So it's just really important to say that. Um, so make sure to follow and give love to them. Shout out Flacco Bale because he's the plug for everything magical in my life lately. Well, not all of it, but a good chunk of magic in my life. It's not to like discount myself, but yo, gotta give flowers to everybody who does wonderful shit. And yo, thank y'all for watching because y'all watching in all the different places. I mean, it's a show, right? So having people there, seeing right. comments pop up on multiple platforms, yo, it's invigorating to the soul and all that good shit. So thank you for reals. And yo, it's been it's been a pleasure to have you. I don't know if you have any like last words you want to impart off to the folks. Hey man, just follow me on all platforms at direct. It's either D R E C T direct or direct link. If you type D R E C T, I'm usually the first person to pop up every social media platform. And uh, yeah, man, I want everybody to do their knowledge, be great, and don't sleep on their opportunities and just follow through. You follow through, everything will open up for you. Fresh. I don't know how much time you have left, but I did have one question. Yeah, shout out to Vanguard, and that Vanguard is my dude. Shout yeah, out to the end of the week. Shout out to Vanguard. Shout out to the end of the week. What y'all did at the pyramid was, I loved that shit as much as I loved all the shit I was talking about at the beginning of this video, and to be a part of that was huge. If you have time for like one last question from the comments, it's from the homeboy Ishmael, and he's like the most ride or die fan yeah, in the yeah. world. He wants to I, know, um, what was your most memorable battle? Oh, my God. Um, I hate this. Cause my, my question, like, anytime battle rap or hip-hop, when someone asks me, like, what was your favorite, it changes, like, every year. <laughs> um, and hit me the other day, and he showed me that uh, Swave and Disaster reached a million and I was yeah. just I, I was I was surprised by Penn caring about that, you know, like so. Yeah, yeah. please answer. Mm. Oh my god, it's usually one I was there for. So there's a lot of amazing battles that I wasn't physically there. Right. But um, Jesus Christ. Uh. I mean, Hollow, Hollow and Charlie Clips was crazy. That was a good one. I really like that. You know what was a good one? And I, I can't say this is definitive. You might need that on part two also. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready for the question, but That's I remember okay. when Disaster Battle No Can Do at this event called Grizzle Mania mm -hmm. Like, they had a lot of past shit with each other where, like, somebody almost got shot at an event and all this other shit happened. And they had battled twice already. This was, like, the end of the trilogy. They were both from L.A., and they both can write on a great level. They both can freestyle on a great level. And it was just like watching them two battle was this ultimate display where there was like a little bit of t like you 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 were there, Flacco? Grizzle too? Oh, 
No, I wasn't there for oh. it. I wasn't there for it. No, not in the there was, there was a there was like uh there was a tension in the room because everybody didn't know who was gonna win, but it also was like there was like an energy going through the room. Yeah. Like the, the energy, like we all know energy is real, but yes, like yes, absolutely. Was, was I think physically. we know in battle rap more than most people know. And I think that the fans that have been lucky enough to be in the room for the like some of the sweetest moments in battle rap get to like feel it and like every mm -hmm. i think that's what keeps everybody in battle rap kind of involved with battle rap it's just that it's a different energy and like it's inexplicable. Yeah, you go live is different like you know how many times i said i'm fucking tired of battle rap then i went to an event and i was hyped again that's just how you know you love it though right that's the thing with yeah. I think that's like a thing with anything you're passionate about. I feel that way about live performances sometimes. I complain about them and then I go to the show and I'm like, Yeah, I wanna be here. This is so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I say shut up for a while and then whatever, whatever. But it's yours. It's just love. And I like that about I like your you're just raw passion. I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, once again, I appreciate y'all for the conversation. It was definitely different, but it's this this type of conversation I have in real life with my friends. So it was good to have this on camera. That's not cool. That's that's what we're trying yeah. to do here because, again, it's like to me, this is the most interesting stuff in the world is to learn about who you are. You know, and that, right? And that's dope that you live up to like all this crazy shit. Like you're just so interesting. Anyway, I could just say that seventeen more times. That's not all that interesting. <laughs> Yo, you know what? You got anything you want us to ask Lush about? Lush is gonna be yeah. on next week. Yeah. For... Oh man. Um. Give me ten seconds. Hold on. Nah, all Lush, good. There's a lot of history, man. I didn't. I didn't even know. You know what? That made so much sense. The fact that I didn't even get to talk about the fact that like you made that list early, mm -hmm. and you on the forum that shows me where you were wild ahead and thinking smart because that's what grind time got grind time popping at the beginning was all that ranking like boy you ain't gonna find nothing that puts a, a fire under a broke rapper's ass like, like a, a motherfucking list <laughs> and then not being yeah. number one on it let me tell you something yeah, 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 that yeah. is that is genius, sir. That you didn't yeah, even probably yeah. realize at the time. That's, like you that's were where the doing, term top. You were just doing your term. own list. You were just being like, "Yo, this is this is yeah. what, the way I see things." This is my list. No, that, thing, that's my where rank. the term top top tier came from. Yeah. I put out I put out a list in the beginning stages of grind time. I put top tier, middle tier, bottom tier. Yeah, and like everyone that was on the bottom was mad as shit. Mad you know as shit. But people started. People like fuck the five hundred dollars. Like I want to be top tier. And that shit, you know, they, they use that term today still. But I, I actually have the graphic where uh, that I made. I found it before my space got fucked up. I found the graphic. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll text that to you, Flacco. But yeah, I, just ask Lush about the beginning days when me and him was on the phone and like when we were actively deciding, like, 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 yo, when we set up that first daylight battle against Locksmith, mm -hmm. it was like, who's gonna fill this slot? All right. Do they understand how their life is going to change after they do this? Are they willing to go forward with it? You know what I'm saying? Does this style match up perfectly? Like, just ask them about those first few events and us being on the phone and like actually deciding like who gets the opportunity and who doesn't. This is why you gotta, you know what I'm saying? You gotta cultivate these relationships with people. You don't want to block your blessings by being an asshole to somebody. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people 
there's a lot of battles it's like we could have picked this dude but we did it because he did this and you know what I'm saying? People don't even yeah. know to this day. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's just ask him about that because I think he'll give you some good insight on, on that type of stuff. Work. Yeah, Bless. I will. Man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I appreciate it still. And you're like right at the end, more knowledge nuggets, like packing them in at mm-hmm. the fucking last minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's some big blessings. All right. Well, I appreciate you here. I don't want to waste more of your time. So I guess at the end, um, you'll live long and prosper, everybody. Mm-hmm.